Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following program is intended for mature audiences. Southern Rock in particular, that is the Black Crows. That song's off their very first album, their debut, uh, which was called uh, Shake Your Moneymaker. That song's called Jealous Again. We're going to be featuring the Black Crows, and in particular, their album Shake Your Moneymaker all day today on the show. So every break, you're going to get a really awesome Black Crows song. I would have thought they debuted before 1991. Nah, it was right there, man. Hmm. They, um, Good band. All right, so originally, they were on um, Deaf American, which was their, they were signed by Rick Rubin. Same guy was, was big Beastie with the Beastie Boys, Boys yeah. Run DMC, all the mm-hmm. big producer for Def Jam, and he found these guys. He suggested that they change their name to the Cobb County Crows and spell each word with a K. What? They resisted. They thought that was not the way to go. Seriously? They, yes. A dude who represented rap acts thought they should be the KKK. He, that should be the band. Rick Rubin was always about being provocative. That's now, remind you, eh. Rick Rubin is a Jew. I mean, sure, obviously. Well, I'm just saying, he's Jewish, and he wants him to change the name. You should have some cultural <laughs> sensitivity when you're representing <laughs> such acts as the Beastie Boys and other rap groups. Right. Rep Run. I mean, eh? Yeah, so it was, it was, they decided okay. that, Chris Robinson and Richard Robinson, uh, the Robinson's brothers and the rest of the band, they decided that was not the direction they wanted to go in. I think in. they made the right decision. Yeah. Their their career has has been good. I think with that, I don't think they would have had a career if had they had no. they decided to do that. But anyway, we're not talking about uh, music. Still, all though, that. I mean, you know, cool. That's a cool uh, factoid. There you go. I got yeah. I got a bunch of them. I know you do. <laughs> so anyway, so welcome into sports and beer with friends. A lot's been going on since the last time we saw you. We've been watching this inc- incredibly enthralling NBA Finals. Go to hell. Yeah, it's been great, Uh, plus a bunch of other stuff, and we're going to get to all of it today. But before we do, I want to remind you that for professional financial advice regarding retirement planning, investments, and life insurance, contact Matt Govendo and receive your complimentary planning analysis. Call Matt today at 315-671-1864. He will hook you up for your financial future. And if you want to get in touch with us, the email address for the show is at sportsbeershow. I'm sorry, sportsbeershow at gmail.com. The Twitter handle is at Sports Beer Show. Uh, you can also, uh, don't forget to uh, find us on uh, iTunes, Google Play, and tune in and subscribe to the uh, subscribe to the podcast, and then you will get notified as soon as the new uh, podcast is uploaded every couple of weeks, and that'll be cool. So uh, we just witnessed, Mike and I are uh, recording, uh, first of all, let me back backtrack a little bit. Uh, for those of you who aren't aware, even though we talk about it all the time, we're in Hawaii, and today uh, my wife, Crystal, and I, we're sitting outside having some white wine slushies, 
in a very bright, sunny Hawaiian day. Um, and I, I just I happened to mention this is Hawaii. today in Hawaii. These are Hawaiian fireworks. Today Hawaii is showing off. It is a gorgeous day mm-hmm. on the Big Island of Hawaii. It's about 82 degrees. Uh, unlike most days. Right. Well, I mean it rains a lot and all this, but this is really today was the. This is why when you come to Hawaii or move to Hawaii, this is why you did it. I don't think it's rained in like two weeks. Uh, well, you'd have, you don't live in Mountain View. That's right. I live <laughs> 10 miles away. You can come visit. <laughs> I'm there every day. <laughs> All right. So anyway, so uh, just to rub it in, it's just a gorgeous day in Hawaii, and what a wonderful, wonderful time to be alive. Anyway, so uh, as Mike and I were just coming on the air, it's Sunday afternoon here. The NHL uh, Stanley Cup Finals have just ended. The Pittsburgh Penguins are now uh, back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Uh, this is uh, Crosby's, I believe it's is it third or fourth Stanley Cup. Um, he's moving up he's, the list. I was going to say, he's, uh, how can I put it? There was a lot of expectations on him coming in. He's, he's starting to, career-wise, meet the initial expectations. Yeah, I think he's, he's been the best player in the world for a while. Um, yeah. And I think it's harder in hockey. It's harder in hockey than it is in, like, baseball. I mean, not baseball so much, well, but basketball. Everyone's comparing you to Wayne Gretzky, first of all, who's right. statistically the greatest player in any sport ever. I mean, yes. when you compare him to the next best guys, right. there's such a gulf. But it's like the gulf between 1 and 2 is the same as the gulf between 2 and 20 right. in hockey. And that's well, not the case at all. To put it in perspective, when, when Wayne Gretzky started, when he was just, before he became a hockey player. A Ute. Yeah, when he was just a Ute, there was a guy named Gordie Howe. And Gordie right. Howe was the greatest hockey player of all time. And so when Gordie Howe retired uh, from hockey... He had played for 25 seasons, and he had amassed what was then considered to be ridiculous numbers. Right. Absolutely ridiculous. So um, he had, I think it was 1,845 total points. I'm trying to look it up just to make sure I have the exact number. And didn't Gretzky have, like, more assists than he had total points? Right. At the end, by the time Gretzky was done, and still to this day, he has more assists. Than anyone else has points. And if you're unfamiliar... Points in hockey is both uh, you get Goals a point for a goal and a point for an assist yeah. as far as your statistics go as an yeah. individual player. Yep. Uh, so he has more assists than anyone else has goals and assists combined. Yeah, it's silly. It is ridiculous. Yeah. He is so much better than anyone else statistically who has ever played. I mean, it's not even close. So when you're so Crosby's kind of this guy who's like this could be the second coming. And no, now, I, no. My point when he yes. came out. The idea was this is a guy that that can conceivably be an all-time great. Now, here's look Crosby and LeBron are basically like they came around the same era, same time. Um, they had the be same compared to Jordan and Gretzky. They have same they have the same level of expectation on yeah. them as being a great player. Here's the difference. Nobody in hockey ever put the ridiculous expectation on Sidney Crosby that he would break Wayne Gretzky's records. Yeah, they're they're Look, some records are truly unassailable. Look, his technically aren't, but they are. But they are. Yeah. And especially consider that people don't score like they scored in the 80s. Right. When he was in, in his total prime, when he was in his prime from about 1984 to about 1994. When five he to was, four, five to three. Yeah, and yeah. He, would score, he would score 100 goals in a season. And you don't do that. And he'd, like, he'd have like 150 assists and 100 goals. Yeah. And you just don't – people don't score 100 goals anymore. 50 goals is a lot of goals. The, the most points in a season, he's like the first guy on the list like a bunch of times in a row. Like he's like the third – like he's like the four or five top best right. seasons ever probably. Yes. Yeah. If, I, if I had to guess. I don't know that off the top of my head. But I would – it would not surprise me if Wayne Gretzky had the best statistical seasons like one through five. 
And and I don't know who would have like maybe Mario Lemieux would have like the sixth best one. And so, but that's now where the conversation's going with Crosby is: Can he be the best Penguin ever? Can he eclipse Mario Mario Lemieux's legacy? And that's a little more. Would you say now he's considered the second best player historically, Mario Lemieux? No, uh, well, no. I mean, I, I thought you were going to say Sidney Crosby. No, no, no. <laughs> um, I don't, maybe Mar- Mario Lemieux. Man, if he, here's the, he's kind of tragic because he lost some years to cancer mm-hmm. or non hot So Gretzky, to answer our previous question, the top four, yes. followed by one of Lemieux's seasons, followed by two more of Gretzky's, followed by one more of Lemieux's, followed by three more of Gretzky's, right. followed by one more of Lemieux's. So it's just, it's so yes, he's the second best player ever. Yeah, Lemieux is, is the yeah. second best player ever. And the, the problem is, you have to get to the 14th best season statistically <laughs> to get to a non-Gretzky or Lemieux season, and it's Iserman. Okay, Stevie Y. He was okay, too. Yeah. He was an all And then you get player. into some other like all-time great hockey players beyond that, but geez. Give me a name. I, okay, so you're into Phil Esposito, Bernie yep. Nichols, Yarmir Yager, Pat LaFontaine, Mike Bossy, Adam Oates. I mean, all this, but I'm, I'm skipping all the other Gretzky and Lemieux seasons, right. by the way. <laughs> You know, <laughs> right, and that's good, and that uh, that tells you exactly how. I mean, it's just it's not even at, like Guy Lefleur. It's Guy. Guy. <laughs> Dude, Guy. Gordy Howe's not in the top fifty. No, for, no, for seasons. No, for, but he, he had that longevity. He he played in yeah. the forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, and eighties. Plus, he played for the Crunch in the nineties. Yes, so it's a lot like Kareem, mm-hmm. like Kareem's all-time uh, scoring points in a career is another record that, while not unassailable, there's a good chance no one ever catches him. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Because he was scoring a lot of points into his 40s. He was still getting double figures. Right, because he was still still 7'3", and he still had a skyhook, and he still couldn't block it. It was never his athleticism that made him unstoppable, although he had that. Yeah, I mean, he was an athletic dude, but he always looked a little weird running. All all arms and legs. (laughs) 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 That's funny. We had a conversation at work. Uh, apparently some people were getting pretty heated on Facebook about the Mount Rushmore of the Los Angeles Lakers and guys saying that Kobe doesn't belong on it. And I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, first, of all, first and foremost, I am the guy that's going to tell you, I'm a Celtics fan, I don't really particularly like the Lakers, and I don't particularly like Kobe as a player. I, mean, I, I recognize respect his, his game. And absolutely. And, and, and if you're greatest. making a Mount, Mount Rushmore, Kobe goes where George Washington goes. He is the greatest Los Angeles Laker yeah. of all time, and I've seen most of them. Yeah. Like, I don't disagree, and I feel exactly how you do just describe your feelings on Kobe. Right. He, the thing about Kobe that's awesome beyond the statistics, though, is his competitive fire. Yeah. He was the he is Jordan. No, exactly what I've tried to say. Yeah. Everyone wants to make LeBron into Jordan. Yeah. We already had the second coming of Jordan. It was Kobe Bryant. Yeah. He he was out there actively trying to be Michael Jordan. Yeah. He literally patterned his entire game after Jordan. He was a six-six shooting guard, played great defense. Everything Jordan did, all the same moves, the yes. turnaround jump shot, competitive everything. fire, everything, yeah. yep. everything. So I mean, he might maybe he should have smoked more cigars and gambled a little more, and people would have liked him better. I was just gonna say he didn't have that likability that Jordan had, and all. that's literally about the only thing he didn't. Have. Right, because Jordan's the guy who's gonna stab you in the back and smile at you. Hey, buddy. <laughs> I, I don't know the exact state. I think Kobe was 5-1 and one in the finals, I think. Yeah. Um, and so... That's the only knock you have on Kobe. Th- and that's and, a knock. You're right. an idiot. And then, so, and we're going to get into the NBA. This, this year's NBA finals, we're going to talk yeah, a lot yeah. about that kind of stuff in a little bit. we got actually, some other cool enti- stuff. We're going to talk a lot about it. A lot about it. Um, so next, oh, actually, earlier today, we just finished up watching, I did, the... United States men's national team in their World Cup qualifying hexagonal against 
Mexico in Mexico City at Azteca Stadium, and they got the draw, which if you're not familiar, that's a huge result for the United States. It's only the third time ever they've drawn at Azteca. It's one of the hardest places in the world to play. The crowd is raucous. Ridiculous, and it's like 125,000 people. Yeah. And they it, booed our national anthem for they, crying out loud. These people sure. have no shame. Well, I wonder if there's any kind of no, current events that would have happened in the last 18 months <laughs> yeah. or so that would cause them to not be completely on board with America right now. If there was any one Dude, person I'm not in particular. completely on board with America right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But anyway, so great game. Michael Bradley scored in the sixth minute. A freaking miracle A of miracle goal. goal. He was so, all of 35 yards so, from, the, from the goal line. Soccer is this international phenomenon, and I just am not a soccer guy. But I, I watch it and enjoy it when it's on, and I watch the World Cup. And Particularly stuff like that, when it's international. Yeah. The, the thing I really just don't like, and it kind of shares this with hockey in a way, is that the, the limited scoring, and to me watching soccer, many times the scoring seems flukish, where it's like the, one team has a bunch of great chances but gets one goal, and one team and the other team has one chance and scores on it, yep. so it's a 1-1. And that can be this, the difference, cashing in your chances. That's exactly This wasn't it. even a chance. No. This was, this was a well, miracle, dude. He kicked the thing in from 35 feet and bounced it over the he, keeper's eye. Okay, so he got a – what happened was – He had a clear breakaway with no one defending him, and he had a clear shot, but he had to right. chip he, it but over the keeper. It was, a good, I mean, it was a defensive play on his part. Yeah. He anticipated the ball coming yeah. off a guy awkwardly, and it did. And Everyone's he, going the wrong way. He's he, going the other way. And he's got the goalie off the line, yeah. and he just scoots it over. But it was an absolute firecracker. I mean, it was on a line. It Dude. wasn't like a bloop. He nailed that ball into the corner. A great shot. Absolutely great. And and if you haven't seen it, go watch the video mm-hmm. because it's a great shot. And Mexico's goal was equally as good. The quality of setup on a on a on a counterattack play. Chicharito, of course, is the one that delivers the ball to Carlos Vera, and he ends up uh, going turning in against uh, uh, Beasley was the guy who was guarding him, and no help came, and he found the corner again. Brad Guzan, uh, he had no chance at that, at that ball at all. But a great result. The United States is in a deep hole as far, in terms of World Cup qualifying, and they've started to dig their way out of it. They're currently in the third uh, position in the top three advance. They've got a couple games left, winnable games, where they can hopefully get all six points from that. This is CONCACAF, right? That this got. is CONCACAF, the hexagonal, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, of course, it's always going to come down to U.S. and Mexico. top three out of six in your group, correct? Yes, that okay. is correct. Um, and what is it, like Costa Rica, Mexico? Honduras, Trinidad and Tobago, uh, the United States, and Canada? Thank God it's not Brazil. Well, no, they're, they're, that's not CONCACAF. <laughs> they're different. Yeah. <laughs> that's so South it's, America. It's, it's, but Central and North America. Pretty much, yeah. 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 And, yeah, and now, so the team got finished up in, in Mexico City, got a good result. Uh, you know, obviously you want to win, you know, but in this point, it's amassing points to get on to the, the World Cup tournament. Yeah. And so now they're Do off. Do we still get Mexico at our place, or did we already play that? Uh, you know what, I'm not 100%. So that's big. The The result of that, in, in right. theory, if Would they have huge. not yet played that. Well, Mexico is by far and away in the lead in this. They've got a sure. six-point lead. Uh, they're probably, no one's going to catch them. Uh, but that's fine. It's okay. That, none of this really Is matters. It wins are three and draws are one. Yes, exactly right. And of course, zero for a, a loss. Now, both of these teams are on planes right now, heading to Russia for the Confederations Cup. So that's coming up. As a matter of fact, Mexico plays Portugal next week. Oh my God, I can't wait to see that. Chicharito and uh, Cristiano Ronaldo on the same. It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. I love international soccer. It's like the best thing. So, even though you don't like it that much. It's not even that. It's just the, the like I said, sort of 
the better team almost always wins, I guess. But it's the sort of the fluky nature of the scores to me as an uneducated right. soccer watcher. If you if you're if you know what you're looking at, yeah. you can see the build up and you can see how it's going. Like there's there were a couple times in this game, I'm like, oh man, this could be this this could be dangerous. Like it's you you can tell the difference between a group of passes that are just kind of probing and ones that really have a, a, a an intent exactly like, intent. Yeah. This is going. We're trying to set this up. Yeah. Um and and. I know that the lay person doesn't see that uh, as much. Yeah. And it's harder to see. You just see, oh, that ball ended up in his foot, and he put it in the goal. That's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like, you know, joking aside. Yeah. You know, sort of. Yeah. No, that's exactly how it is. And, you know, to somebody who doesn't watch, headers seem fluky, but obviously the guys are ridiculous at heading the ball in a certain direction and just as good as with their feet. And so today, my, my particular... Reason for watching? Well, it's USA and Mexico. It's a great rivalry in international soccer. It's, it's by far the America's biggest rivalry. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And in Mexico, it's the same way for them. Yeah. They are the U.S. is their biggest rival. Um, so today, but my my particular intent to watch this match was I wanted to see eighteen year old Christian Pulisic, who is um, a young man who is up and coming in the He's United States. He's our phenom. He is possibly, uh, people are starting to tout him as maybe the, the first truly great player in, in American soccer history. He is on the, uh, the first team with uh, Borussia Dortmund in the Bundesliga, and he is uh, a very good young soccer player. And he's, he's actually, I was telling Mike before the show, he's been responsible uh, assisting or scoring on eight of the U.S. national team's nine, uh, last nine goals. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. It is for an 18-year-old kid. It is, and you can I, today he didn't get on the score sheet today, but he today was more about defending. Excuse me. Well, because <coughs> he got the 1-0 lead, and now you're just hoping yeah. to not lose. Right. It was more about defending. Once you got the 1-0 lead, and even when it was 1-1 and it got late into, into the second half, um, you got to be talking about uh, you're trying to get out of there with that point. You cannot yeah. get out of here with nothing. You yeah. you've got a goal. You've you got, got the miracle game. goal. Right. Now keep it. You need to get a point out of this. Yeah, yeah. Because, again, because you dug yourself such a deep hole, you you cannot give up points. You've got this one. You know, if we get a, a, a late breakaway where we create a counterattack and get a goal and get the win, great. But if not, everyone's going to be behind the ball until then. And, and Pulisic, uh, Pulisic, he did that today. He was really good with that. He defended well. He, uh, He's an he, attacking mid? Yes. Attacking mid and a really, really good. They've already given him the number 10 shirt. I don't know if you, the significance of that, but that's huge. Um. Does he score a lot of points in Germany? Would be the question. Um, he's starting to. Yeah. That's that's where uh, over the last like so again he just turned 18 and within the last you know 12 months and he's starting to become one of their guys who scores. He's I think he's got like four or five goals already in the Bundesliga, which is if you're unfamiliar top tier soccer. Absolutely, it's Bundesliga, La Liga in Spain, uh, the English Premier League, and Serie A in Italy. Though and of course the French uh, uh, Premier Division. Uh, it's yeah. Those are the those are the leagues you want to be in. If, right. you, if your guys are playing in those leagues, your team is usually pretty good. Uh, that's I mean it's filled with Englishmen and Argentinians and Brazilians and yeah, cool, good stuff. A lot of Germans. Well, now when I get a chance, I got to keep get an eye on this kid, you know. Yeah. And I've heard some talk about him previously, but not really followed it. And, you know, now yeah, it's it's starting to it. build now. It's yeah. really starting to build now. He had a, a couple goals. He the, the U.S. beat Trinidad and Tobago two nothing. Both goals were scored by, scored by him. Mm-hmm. So there you go, 18-year-old kid. Also, NFL OTAs are Dude, over. you haven't talked about Aaron Judge's home run yet. Uh, well, we're, we'll talk about that. Oh, okay. I can't believe we got this far. We're going to talk about baseball. Oh, yeah, buddy. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Anyway, so um, uh, NFL OTAs are over, and training camp begins in just six 
weeks. I'm excited. Super excited. Yeah. Uh, I just saw a thing on um, uh, Twitter today. David Hellman, who writes for the DallasCowboys.com website, he put on Twitter today, hey, y'all, just a reminder, seven more Sundays till football. And he said, it's preseason, but it's still. It's Football-ish. The, it, yeah. I mean, it's exciting. August 3rd, uh, the Cowboys and Cardinals play the Hall of Fame game, hopefully, cross fingers. Yeah, they can get the field right this time. That didn't go down last year. That was very disappointing. <laughs> we got a bunch of people together to watch the football because we happened to be in New York where, where we're from and uh, got a bunch of people together and to hey come watch the game while you know we're leaving tomorrow going back and then uh, no game it didn't work <laughs> couldn't understand how it didn't work uh, but anyway so yeah so uh, and a lot of stuff going on with the NFL uh, but it's it's Mini camps are next week, and then it's going to be a complete break until about July 19th. I think the Cardinals and Cowboys are both allowed to go and start their training camps. They get to start early because they have that earlier game. As a Patriots fan, I'm always <laughs> excited for the NFL because they are consistently good. This year they seem to, in the offseason, have um, p- positioned themselves even better than they usually do. Uh, I, just an outside observer, uh, it looks like they're, they are just all in for this. You got it, and if you have Tom Brady at his age... 40. You got to think you're really coming up against it. Right. And how you know, many more years? Look, he was still awesome last year. Mm-hmm. But you've look, no the matter how th- healthy he is, how good he thinks, how how long he thinks he can go, everybody father times undefeated. Peyton Manning was awesome until he wasn't. Yeah. Right. So I mean, it's it's going to come for you. Yeah. Exactly what you said. Father time the is undefeated. The holes to get the ball in are small, and if you lose a little velocity, a little wobble right. on your ball, like it just—it doesn't take much to go from and being elite it's not to even, not good. It's not even the like the physical degradation of your skills, even so much as it's if you do get injured, how long does it take you to get back? Are you ever going to be able to get all the way back? Look at Kobe. Uh, exactly, he never got all the way back from that last knee injury. Yeah, the it, Achilles. Yeah, the Achilles. That he was when he hurt his Achilles, he should have retired. He was never coming back. That's absolutely correct. He was never the same player. Shaq had surgery on his shoulder. Done. Could not raise his arms above his head anymore, yep. basically. I and mean... Yeah. And it happens to all of them. Yeah. And eventually it will happen to Brady. But hopefully, as a Patriots fan, they get this year to And then be next great. year he will be... Hopefully we get another year, and it's going to be that until it isn't. Right. Right. It is. You're right. It's, uh, and it'll be a shame to see it end, because it's been a hell of a ride. It will be a very sad end. And he won't go quietly. No, 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 no. You know, he'll be the same as Favre and, all the, and Manning and all these other guys that want to, you know. Look, yep. Manning's last season, he threw seven touchdowns and 17 picks, and they won the Super so Bowl. When, when so when Tom Brady is the starting quarterback of the New York Jets. Oh, God, that won't happen. He'll reti- <laughs> I will, I'm, I'm pretty confident Brady will retire a Patriot. I can't imagine that there comes a time when his talents have them drop him and he goes, I never imagined it. Emmett Smith would play for anyone other than the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and he actually had a good year yeah. after. Yeah, he had a couple good years. He, I don't think he ever got 1,000 yards with and them. And Favre but. had some nice non-Packers years. I mean, yeah, that Minnesota year was maybe really it, good. Maybe I'm talking with my heart instead of my head, but I can't see it. I know. You know? It, uh, you won't be able to see it until it, it happens. Yeah, well. And then you're just going to be like, what the hell I'm, is this? I'm not a guy going. My childhood hero was Tony Dorsett, and they traded him. The Dallas Cowboys traded him to Denver, and I wanted to cry. I wanted to cry. And then he sucked, and you're like, I see why. It was awful. He should have retired. Should have retired, Tony. Um, 
so I'm not a guy that's going to go, boy, I'd really like to see what Jimmy Garoppolo can do. You know, I mean, yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad I'm, we have a quarterback in waiting, so to speak. But I'm ready to but wait. I'll wait. <laughs> and so a lot like Syracuse basketball, where everyone was always like, let's give Mike Hopkins a chance and get Jim Beheim out of here. Wait. Dude, Syracuse basketball wouldn't be a thing people listening to the show had heard of if it weren't for Jim Beheim. He deserves Dude. to run it out till he's done. And I'm sorry, here's this whole thing with this coach and waiting and Mike Hopkins and all this other stuff. And I, I, I don't think I ever said, I don't want... The assistant coach when Beheim leaves. You'd like a new philosophy. Give me someone else. Yeah. Give me Frank Martin. Yeah, okay. Somebody, I mean, yeah. not necessarily, but, you know, a young guy coming up or a guy who's had a, a good program yeah. but wants to take that next step. That, you know, yeah. somebody who's who's uh, doing well in the Big East but wants to make the jump to the ACC, much like Ohio State got with Holtman. Oh, that's a great hire. Great hire from, from the Holtman. Uh, Butler's the coach. Butler's coach. Yeah. Uh, Butler or is becoming. Like a Shaka Smart, you know, oh, a guy right, like that coming up. Yeah. But Butler's becoming a coaching factory, which is kind of cool for them yeah we'll see if they can do that again because these guys are obviously brad stevens is is one of the better coaches in the nba and this holtman guy looks like a legit coach yeah for sure uh and uh we won't talk about that mana we won't want to get into that whole thing yeah i, I mean how do you push that mana out it sucks it's totally sucks because he was ready to retire at the end of the season and they're like nah go and he's had a you know a nice run, and I don't feel like Ohio State. Ohio State obviously is a huge university with a big sports budget, and one national championship in basketball. It's there's a lot of teams with one national championship. Fifty-seven in years ago, you know what I mean? Who do you think you are? I right, mean, Jesus, let the guy finish it on his own terms. He's been your best basketball coach for the last forty years. Yeah, clearly, like he's taken you to Final Fours. And also done well in the tournament yep. when he isn't in the Final Four. Correct. When, you know? when he has teams that don't belong in the Final Four. Yeah. Right. And still is able to win games, get further. He's just a good basketball coach. But anyway, like I said, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk okay. about baseball. All right. So uh, Major League Baseball is going strong. It's June 11th, uh, yeah. which we're about a quarter of the way through the season. Yep, uh, even a little more. A little bit, 60 yeah. Games yeah, 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 yeah. We're sixty yep. games in, so we're Three a third of the way through. If Almost, you will, yeah. If you like math, around a third. Thirty-seven point five percent or so through the season. Right, a little more than the third. <laughs> so there's this guy. If you're not paying attention to baseball, who is taking the league, the sport by storm? Matt Harvey. Not him. That okay. was a couple years ago. Things have not been as good since. But he's he's hard to miss. He's six foot seven or eight. Is he six eight? Six seven. He's bigger than me. Two hundred and eight. He's the largest position player in Major League Baseball history. I know you want to talk about Aaron Judge. Yes, I do a lot, dude. How are the Houston Astros forty four and twenty? They are 20? so good. They were the worst team in baseball like three seasons ago. They were awful. Yeah, three. Actually, it was four. Yeah, four years ago. Then uh, two thousand fifteen, they were really good. Uh, last year, Keuchel kind of Dallas Keuchel he fell off. He didn't do his Keiko exercises, and he fell off, and he wasn't as good. And now this year he's come back, and he's been great. They're twenty three and eight on the road. They're forty four and twenty Jesus. overall. They're twenty four yeah. games over five hundred. They're twelve games ahead in their division. They have the best record in baseball. Best run differential in the league, uh, except for the Yankees. And the Yankees are the number one scoring team, and the Astros are the number two scoring team. So a lot of things, if you aren't paying because you're still on NBA, yeah. or you just aren't a huge baseball fan, which you're probably off NBA right now. God. It's awful, but we'll get to that. Okay, but the Rockies at forty-one and twenty-four haven't just beat the Cubs yesterday. So yeah, okay, so here that's what we'll do. Right this very second, I'm going to update you on your division. Dude, leaders. It's crazy. 
It is. It is. I mean, not some of them are expected. This is baseball, though. I want to yeah. say this right now. This is baseball. It's a long haul. It's a long haul, and not just that, though. This is what happens in baseball. Teams come out of nowhere more often in yeah. baseball than any other sport. Yeah. I would uh, agree with that. So your your division leaders right now going through American League East and New York Yankees, which first of all is just as unexpected as the other ones. Oh, absolutely, no, it is. Even if you a year away, this team is a year away. Right. That's what everyone's saying. Next year, oh, next year they're going to be good, and then when they get the three agent crop, the year after that, even better. Right. Uh, but they are they have a three and a half game lead over the Boston Red Sox, who are losing currently to Detroit, who everyone thought was the best team in the league going in. It was the Boston? Red Sox and the Cubs. Boston and Cleveland in the American League, yeah, and it was going to be Chicago and L.A. in in the National League. Well, so you got New York in the American League East. The now, cent- Boston's having a nice season. No, they're still good. Yeah. They're still a good baseball team. Uh, the Minnesota Twins are the central division leaders. That No one saw that coming. And they have a one-and-a-half game lead over the Amer- defending American League champion Cleveland Indians. The, the Royals the are Royals? horrendous. They're bad. Yeah. The White Sox, they're bad. Uh, which no one, I don't think. Pe- I think people thought the White Sox were going to be okay, even though they got rid of Chris Sale. Uh, but they're going to get rid of their other pitcher. There, Quintinia is his name. It's hard. Carlos. Anyways, yeah. And so the American League West, the Astros. Um, I, I think there's people who would have picked the Astros. As to be 44 and 20. Not to this degree, <laughs> right? But Maybe 34 and so 30. In the National League, the Washington Nationals, which in the is American expected. National League, that was they are the team. But the Mets are breathing down their th- their nine necks, and a know? half games back. So that's not really that. They're yeah. under 500. Um, the the central the, the central division leaders in the National League are the Milwaukee Brewers. That's a really close division, though. There's less separation tied, between first and last than there is between the, the Nationals and the Mets. The Cubs got off to a horrible start. Yeah. They are now 500, and they are tied in the loss column with the Brewers. Yeah. So they're a game back. But, but they're they, in a series with the Rockies right now who are going to smoke them. Because so. the Rockies are 41 and 24, and, and they still only have a game and a half lead over the Dodgers. Yeah. Who the Dodgers... Again, like They're the Red Sox, they are meeting expectations. Yeah. It's just the Colorado Rockies have come out of nowhere. The reason I mentioned the whole road record with the, with Houston is even good teams in baseball are usually like 500 on the road. Yeah, 500. Like, the Dodgers are Man. 14 and 15 on the road. You know what I mean? 23 and 8. Look, look at the Nationals. 21 and 12 on the road. That's right. 24 and 11 for the Rockies. Rockies are only four games over 500 at home. Well, uh, the Rockies have such a you look at this uh, polarizing ballpark. The you know? Yankees are the team that you're talking about. Yeah. On the road, they're 15 and 14, a game over 500. At home, they're 22 and nine. That's a typical division leader in baseball. Right. You're killing it at home, and you're 500 on the road. Right. And they're 37 and 23, 14 games over 500. And I'm telling you, so this is what I was going to say to you: the Yankees are the 2015 Cubs, possibly. They're a year ahead of the schedule. Right. So in 2015, if you don't remember, everyone thought, hey, these Cubs, they're young. In a couple years, they're going to be pretty good. Maybe next year they'll be able to compete. And they went to the LCS. Now, obviously, we're a long way away from October, and anything can happen. But the Yankees... Are kind of got the, they got that vibe? They, okay, so. look, Tanaka's their worst pitcher. Oh, I mean, God. So if, if, and he'll get straightened around. I'm that's telling what I'm you, he at. will. Like that's your guy that you're going. Boy, we really can't rely on Tanaka. And coming into the season, he's probably the guy that if maybe second among your rotation, where you're going, we can rely on Tanaka. Right. Well, no, he's your ace. He yeah. was their ace of their staff. But their ace has been one Karsten Charles Sabathia. 
Out of nowhere. Dude, we went to the Yankees game years ago. Yes, 2011, and it, I believe it was. And it was Sabathia and James Shields were the pitchers, right? Yeah, it was It was CC Sabathia. Big game, James Shields. It was the day after Jeter's 3,000th When hit. it should have been that day. It should have been. Damn Jeter and his 5 hit day. Five for goddamn five. <laughs> That's the only time in my life I've ever rooted for Jeter not, not to, to get a hit. Not to five for five, yeah. <laughs> he needed two. So he was at 29.98 yep. on starting the day on Saturday. I believe. No. The second was, hit put him to 3,000. No, it was the fifth. It was the final hit. No way. Something like that. Nah. No, anyway, so anyway, but yeah, yeah, you're probably right. You're Because I was right listening there. to the game on the ride down, so we're driving down on Saturday to yeah, go to Sunday's yeah. game we, hoping yeah. that we'll encounter G- Jeter's 3,000th hit, and we get... So anyway, we get there. Right, I, we drove there that morning. It was so fun. And, and we got tanked in the parking lot, and it was a hot... If you've ever been to Yankee our sunscreen? Hot, sunny ridiculous Dude, they're selling $20 fans that squirt water. <laughs> and and it was the best 20 bucks you ever spent. You know, and, and, and I am just drunk and just having the sun is just beating on me. Oh. And thankfully for CeCe Sabathia, he pitched, what was it, an they hour won, and 58 minutes? They won one to nothing. Yeah, and it was like an hour and 58 minute game. It was a great pitch. It was a greatly yeah. pitched game. But anyway, so... So he's their best pitcher this year, but you've also got Luis Severino who's pitching really good, and you got this James Montgomery kid who's pitching really good. In fact, we sat right behind where Aaron Judge just hit the home run pass way today. Way over our head. <laughs> yeah. Way over our head. Yeah. So Judge hits a home run today, which is the longest home run in the in, in, in recorded history. Basically, so goes so ESPN started tracking home run length, home run distance in 2009. This is the longest home run of that era. Right. 496 feet. Only two other players have ever hit a ball that far in this era. One was uh, Giancarlo Stanton, I'm sure. Clearly. And I can't remember who the other one was. Wilmer somewhere or other. Anyway, so anyway, uh, yesterday, so Friday, or was it Saturday? Saturday, he hits a home run. Uh, his t- which was his 19th home run. That was the hardest hit ball in the history of the Statcast era. 121.1 exit velocity off his bat. 121.1 miles an hour off his bat. Yeah, get duck. And okay, so he leads the majors in home runs, 20. He leads the American League in RBI with 45, and he also leads the league in. Batting average at 345. Plus he can field. Plus he can throw. Plus he seems like a really nice kid. Where do they find these guys? <laughs> so last year when Gary Sanchez was up here hitting 20 home runs, I was that's like, the future hero. And then and Judge, by the way, had in 82 games had 41 strikeouts last year. He played 80, 82 at bats, 41 strikeouts. Holy crap, he, he got something figured out in the office. He batted like 170. He laid Did he off, get glasses? He laid off the high fastball. Okay. That's it. That's the, I, I heard Aaron Judge. I was like, oh, that's the guy that wrote Beavis and Butthead, right? <laughs> no, that's Mike Judge. Okay, no right. <laughs> and here's the thing. He's probably not even their best prospect because that guy's still at AAA. <laughs> he just got there. His name's Glaber Torres, and he's hitting like 375 at AAA, and he's a third baseman. So, Chase Headley, look out. Wow. This team is ready uh, over the next couple of years. Look, the, the Yankees are not – if you're, if you're a Yankee hater, you're going to hate life because this team looks good going forward. Scarlin Castro, Didi Gregorius. Uh, they got a y- another young uh, power hitter, Greg Bird, who's on the disabled list, who's coming back in another week. they got Aaron Hicks, who they f- stole from Minnesota two years ago. It's and just it, funny how they never – well, when I was a kid, the Yankees were actually kind of awful in the 80s. But since the Jeter rookie season, essentially, they've been good – 
Consistently. Fun, fun fact about the 80s Yankees, they won more games than any other baseball team in that decade. Really? Never made the postseason other than 1981. Really? Yep. Fun fact. Even, even when they're awful, they're awesome. Wow. Yeah, that's the, and that's the only decade they haven't haven't uh, won, won a, a World Series in since 1920s. Wow. Yeah. I mean, their history among sports teams is, uh, you know, within their their sport is probably the best of all of them. It's them or the Canadians, I would guess. Yeah, those are the only two really in that kind of. I mean, Real Madrid is another thing over in Europe. Yeah, uh, I mean, the four American sports, I guess. Yeah, for sure. If you're talking about them, the Canadians have 23, but that, they were really close at that time when the Canadians won their last cup in 1993. But since then, the Yankees have just added five more titles. Right. And now they're sitting at 27. And, and they got a shot now, looks and like they got prime, some more shots going forward. Right, for sure. So yeah. uh, I'm just really excited about this kid. If you haven't watched him, he's just a, he's just a real joy to watch play baseball. He really is. And, and when he hits, we were talking about this, too, because Mike's finally watched, he watched the video of the 496-foot home run, and his one thing was he just, he just runs right around the bases. And his swing is not um, violent either. Nope. Like, it doesn't look like he's trying to. to knock the, you know. <laughs> when you weigh 282 pounds, and listen, there is, this guy, he is, Built like a Greek god. I mean, for Christ's sake, he's just there's no fat on the kid, and he's 282 pounds, and so when he hits the ball, it goes. It goes yeah. a long way. So uh, pretty exciting. Watch watch Aaron Judge play baseball. There's a lot of great young baseball players out there right now, but Aaron Judge is really exciting. So we're gonna take a break. Okay. I'm gonna grab Mike a, a bottle opener for this yeah, beer I handed him. It's cold. It's cold <laughs> on my hand. For that nice uh, cold longboard lager that he's about to drink. Uh, but when we come back, we're gonna talk NBA Finals. Um, yeah. The, another thing I want to talk about when we come back is just the comparison of athletes between eras and how Aaron Judge is sort of exemplary of that. But we'll after. Okay, break. that's fine. That's yeah. a good. That's a good tease. We'll tease yeah. that one. That's fine. Yeah. All right. So when we come back, more NBA Finals. Mike wants to talk a little bit about more uh, Aaron Judge before we get into that. So we're going to give you another song off of uh, "Shake Your Money Maker" for the Black Crows. This is uh, the tune called "Twice as Hard." Great tune. We'll see you back after this on Sports and Beer with Friends. <laughs>
right, and we're back. Uh, hey, we're back. Sports and Beer with Friends. Hey, I found it. Hey, uh, buttons are hard, I guess. Uh, so anyway, before we go too much further, we're going to get into, uh, like we said, NBA playoffs, NBA uh, finals in just a moment here. But we would like to remind you that Sports and Beer with Friends does not own the rights to the music we play. It's for your listening enjoyment only. And if, you'd like, if you like the music, we encourage you to purchase these songs from iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, or wherever music is sold. This week's featured artist is the Black Crows. The Black Crows have been around forever. They're kind of off again, off again, on again. Uh, they break up because the brothers don't get along so good, Chris and Rich, but I think they're getting along better as they get older. Um, this, uh, the album we're featuring today is Shake Your Money Maker. It was their debut album. Um, I mean, they're just, uh, I mean, throwback, retro, southern rock, 70s, hippie kind of guys that were around in the 90s, but uh, one of my favorite bands, um, one of the bands that I regret that I have never seen live. I really wish I would have seen the Black Crows. There was... Actually, there was a there was a show I wanted to go to Madison Square Garden uh, a few years ago, and it was uh, it was Pearl Jam, and the Crows were going to open up for for Pearl Jam, so that would have been an okay night. My biggest regret as far as concert going is that I had tickets to go see Rage Against the Machine and Beastie Boys, and Mike D broke his arm, and the concert was canceled. Oh, that's horrible. Yes, and I've never seen either band, and they're two of my favorite bands. Absolutely, I had friends who went to see Rage Against the Machine and Wu Tang. That's awesome. Yeah, like, what the hell? Why are you concentrating <laughs> together? But that is great. <laughs> what a great... No, that's that's perfect yeah, for me. That's great. I would love that. Me I too. Mean, I mean, I'm sure that it was a weird mix at the shows, but it was... Yeah, so great. So you wanted to go and, and say something about Aaron Judge before Just we let that go. sort of a general trend of today's athlete <clears throat> and the fact that the with the availability of the internet and the availability of finding prospects, today's athlete is on a different level than the athlete of 20, 30, 50 years ago. Like, yeah. a guy like Aaron Judge, like, you're going to see baseball players getting bigger, bigger, stronger, bigger, faster, as they have continued to do. Yep. And so now you see this kid, Aaron Judge, now everyone's going to be looking for the 6'7", 280-pound guy to come pound out home runs. Yeah, who, you can, know? who can hit. And, I mean, that's a, it's not easy. But they'll find him. If right. the dude exists, he will be found nowadays. As he has been. And trained. Right. You know? And... So the reason I bring this up really is because it falls back to a conversation I had with a good friend of mine regarding Golden State mm-hmm. and the NBA. So to transition into that, the um, preface this by saying before the season started, I thought there was a chance this Golden State team was the best team in the history of the NBA. Yep. As the season has played out, I think this Golden State team is the best team in the history of the NBA. And now, mind you, I've only been alive since 1980, and so... The great teams of my life start with the 80s Celtics and Lakers, and I was a big basketball fan from the time I was a little kid. So I was watching the Lakers and Celtics when I was five, really? like legit. I don't think if you're going to have a conversation about the best teams of all time, you, I don't think you missed anybody who's going to be in the conversation. That's what I'm saying. I think if you put in the 50s and 60s Celtics, yeah, totally different. it's just you – now, if you're 80 years old and you remember those guys with pride, I apologize for what I'm about to say, but they wouldn't compete in today's NBA. Neither would the 80s guys. Like, like, when I say wouldn't compete, I don't think those Boston teams would be able to beat the lower teams in the NBA no, I nowadays. Agree. Like, I, agree. I just don't think they have the athleticism, the speed, right. the shooting ability, all of the things that now today you find the elite athlete among elite athletes, and that's your guy. Right. You know? Um, if a dude has the body to be potentially a great basketball player, he is found and trained to be a great, great basketball player. Like, Correct. And coached up from a young age. 
Um, and you recognize these talented kids in the seventh and eighth grade nowadays, you know, and, and LeBron James is a great example. In ninth grade, everybody thought LeBron was the next coming. Yep. You know, um, but a, a number of guys similarly. So last year's Golden State team, I thought, was the best team I had ever seen. Now, they lost in the finals, and there's some, some circumstances there with, the, with Green getting suspended, et cetera, that, look, they were way ahead and they lost. It happens. No excuses. It doesn't, much like the 18-0 and Patriots team that ended up 18-1, and that's the best team I've ever seen in the NFL. The fact that they did not win the Super Bowl does not take away the fact that on a neutral field they're favored against any other team in the history of the league. Like, that's the best team. And so that's the way I felt about last year's Golden State team. They added an all-time great this year in Kevin yep. Durant. You upgraded from Harrison Barnes to Kevin Durant on a team that won 73 games last year. Now, they didn't win anywhere near 73 games. 66? They won 67, right. yeah, 67, which is like a top-five all-time season in Correct. the NBA. And it looks crappy because they won 73 last year. That's the like the um, great Sonics team, I think, was won 67 games. Like the, That one year with yeah. Sean Kemp, Gary Payton, that they yes. were amazing. They um, got worked by the Bulls. They did. And so... Anyway, what it comes down to is I think they're going to beat the, the Cavaliers. I thought they were going to beat the Cavaliers going in. As you know, I'm a huge LeBron fan and wanted the Cavaliers to show up. Sure. And even after the first two games, my thoughts were all they did was hold home court. They destroyed, they destroyed the Cavs for two games and made it look like it wasn't going to be competitive. Um, but it reminded me a lot of the one Atlanta Braves-New York Yankees World Series that we've mentioned on the show a couple times where the Yankees got smoked. Yeah. For two games. Non-competitive. And then came back and swept mm-hmm. and won 4-2. to two. And I thought to myself, you know, Cleveland's got to win game three, obviously. And they did and not. And they did not. But let me tell you, again. game three was a great game. That was the one game of this entire playoffs that you can legit go, that was a great basketball game. Yeah, that was good. And it sucked and then, that the way it ended as this guy who wanted the Cavs to win and a guy who wanted the series to go seven games, like, the way right. it ended sucked. So game four goes down, and, and uh, I... I I will say this. I predicted a Golden State sweep before the series began. I said to I thought they'd win in five. I said to my to one of my friends at work who's a Golden State fan, I said he asked me how do you think they're gonna do? And I said, I think they're about to do to Cleveland what Cleveland just did to Boston. Yeah. Because I just think that's how much better they are. Yeah. Now so LeBron is down three games to nothing and everyone's talking about, well, MJ didn't get swept once and now LeBron's gonna get swept twice and this and that. so let me just put this out there. What what do you MJ lover? I mean and, and I'm not going to I'm not going to get into the debate who's better because I think it's a stupid argument. Okay. But this guy who's out there vehemently defending MJ. What if LeBron does this? What if LeBron does this? Right. What if the Cavaliers come back from 3-0? I tell you what, Golden State better not lose tomorrow. Oh word. Seriously. No for real. Like I don't think they will. First Not of all, I think they're going to come out and it's going to be 40 to 20 at the end of the first right. quarter. The, the problem with this series for Cleveland, they just can't stop Golden They're State. not as good. They they're just deep. can't stop them. You can't guard everybody. So, but my question is, to the, to the MJ guy, if LeBron does this, are you seriously going to sit and look at people's faces and say it's not as impressive? This, is, this would be the most impressive thing I've ever seen anyone do ever. Yeah. And he's averaging he's a, a triple-double. Double. Yeah. He's been, first of all, let, let's say, regardless of the outcome, LeBron is not the reason. No. And there's nothing you can point at in what he's done and go, boy, LeBron's really disappointed. LeBron has carried this team. And people have criticized him for coming out and saying, I need help, I need better 
You know, we need to be better at certain positions. We need more help yeah. to get this done. And, oh, well, Jordan never asked for help. No, he didn't need it because his team was amazing. Right. He literally was on a super team. Tony Kukoc was the sixth man. That's what I'm saying. If Their you teams were loaded. If, and I had someone laugh at me when I said that to someone sometime. I was like, you obviously don't understand how good a basketball player Tony Kukoc was. Tony Kukoc was the European Michael Jordan. He was amazing. Yeah. And he couldn't get on the starting five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the Bulls. Okay. So... First of all, I'll I'll be the first one to admit I would love to see this thing get a reverse sweep. Like I would love it. I would love it. It would be awesome and I would I would then be the guy that would hold up LeBron in the argument versus MJ. I think I, but, I, I mean, want to remind people that when it was three games to one last year and Golden State was up We're having the same conversation. We were having conversations about would they beat the ninety two uh, the ninety the ninety six Bulls would they beat the eighty six Lakers and the would fact they beat that, the and once again the fact that they didn't win takes nothing away in no. my mind to the fact that I do think they would beat those teams but as soon as yeah I mean, then I, you add Kevin Durant right like yeah yeah jo- no everyone's like well, Jordan you know it's like yes Jordan's great okay Kevin Durant can sniff his jock though yeah. okay. Now, Kevin Durant is averaging something like 38 and 8, yeah. okay? He's averaging legit Jordan numbers. Yeah. And he may not be your best player. Nah, he is. He, I think he is. But, he, he, you know, you is. can make the conversation that Steph is. And so, look, so does everything. On, so does everything. On 25 teams in the league, Clay Thompson is the best player. Yeah. And on 20 teams in the league, Draymond Green's the best player. Well, that's, that's the question for the Cavs going, not Cavs, but the Warriors going forward, is in two years when Clay Thompson becomes a free agent. Yeah. And he's got Steph's on a four-year, two? forty-four million-dollar deal right now. He's going to be making forty-four million a year, right? Coming, coming up. And, well, yeah, because he's a free agent at the end of the season. I thought it was next year, but okay, uh, it's this year. I, yeah. think, I believe he's a free agent. He's coming back. Yeah, what you think? Um, but Clay Thompson will have two, maybe three, maybe four rings, and be like, I'm sick of being third fiddle, like James Harden did in Oklahoma City. Possible. Now imagine if that team had stayed together. Oh my God! You know Durant, Westbrook, and James Harden. The tragedy of that team is they got rid of Harden. Because they knew they couldn't sign him and Durant and Westbrook, yeah. and now they're left with just one guy. Yeah, it sucks. Um, but this this team is spectacular. Enjoy what you're watching. They Cleveland is not that bad on defense. They're Golden not. State's that well, good on offense. They're not a great defensive team this no, year. No, but, no, but they're not that bad. Dude, Golden State's getting 40-point quarters like it's okay. Like right. They're not Philadelphia. Yeah. I mean, it's to me, the last two games have been extremely – Fun to watch. The first two games were, were blowouts into the third quarter yeah. and not really fun to watch. Um, I, I don't know about the last one. With the, I mean, the Cavs, it was fun to watch for me because the Cavs scored 49 points in the first quarter and put it on. I them, mean, and I they took that. 24 foul shots in the first quarter. Yeah. That's a little unwatchable. 49 points in a quarter. I understand, it's but. stupid, yeah. And, and they weren't making any of those damn foul shots. Yeah. They were missing left and right, but they couldn't miss a shot. Yeah. What they shoot for the game? 67%? Uh, I. I think it was high 50s for th- okay. from three. Yeah. From, from three. three. I'm talking about overall field goal percentage. The problem is it's not sustainable. Right. And so even after the first game, I was like, if Cleveland doesn't defend better than this, the series is over really fast. And they have not yet defended nope. better than that. Um, but you got 4-12, I think it was, from Curry, 4-11 of 11 from Thompson. Uh, Durant started off well but didn't finish. After, after the yeah. first quarter, he didn't really shoot very well. No one for Golden State played well, and that's nah. not going to happen again. Not Zaza didn't sweep the leg. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> but um, 
in a way, you almost think Golden State just wanted to win it at home. I, I'm sure they don't go out there and go, let's uh, not win this game. But yeah. I'm sure they'd rather, given, their, given the option, they'd rather win it at home. Well, because last time, the first time they won, they won on Cleveland's floor, right? Four to two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They won on, I, think, I mean, I think there is something that they would love to live at, win at home, but... They probably would have liked to be undefeated in the playoffs, That, that would have been way um, better. But, you know, when you talk about historical significance, the team's amazing. And I guess back to my initial point about the athletes is just you look at today's athlete and like Steph Curry is a guy who you consider tiny. Steph yeah. Curry's like six foot four, and if you look at Steph in the after game interviews, he is jacked. He's he's another guy we've talked about it before. He's changed his body since yeah. he came into the league. He knows where the gym is. Yeah. He gets he takes care of himself and it's it's for a good reason. And they just they have so much individual talent and play so well as a team. Like Clay Thompson as a defender at the shooting guard position, under, under, is as good under, as anybody you'll see. So good. Kevin Durant, on both ends of the court from the small forward position, is as good as anybody you've seen in your lifetime other than LeBron and right. Larry Bird. Like, he's that guy. Right. And and he's, like, LeBron is the best defender probably at that position ever. He's cause, and, and he can defend every position on the floor. Yeah. Uh, Bird wasn't a great defender, but he'd stay in front of you, and he was going to effort you all night long. Yeah. And he's going to just... He'd dive on the floor first. Yeah, he's going to get every loose ball. He's going to get to the rebounds. Every big thing, he's going he's gonna to do it. And, and it's just he had that innate ability. And Durant probably, like I said, he can't guard every position on the floor, but he can guard three of them really well. Here's and a probably, guy that probably can guard center. Like a 6'11 guy. He's been playing the five. In the series. 6'11", but if he had a neck, he'd be 7'2". He's 6'11", with a 7'3", wingspan, and he dribbles, he takes the ball off the dribble, up the court. He's, he, yeah. at times, Handle. advances the ball up the court. He could, he, like, yeah, he can, he can dribble, he can shoot, he can pass, he plays defense, yeah. he can drive the lane. So, the, with the historical argument, though, of why I, why I believe if you gave this team versus anybody their favorite, is the three-point shot. Exactly right. It's a different game. So let me ask you a question this, though, because a couple weeks ago, right before the series started, um, Adam, Adam Silver was asked, the commissioner of the NBA, was asked if he thought competitive balance was an issue in the NBA. It is. He said no. It is. He doesn't think it's an issue. Imagine this. You're any team except Golden State right now. Any other team, okay? The best two free agents in the league right now are Gordon Hayward and Paul George. Yep. Imagine if you add those two guys to any team in the league. They're still not as good as Golden State. The only team I think you can make an argument for maybe would be Cleveland and San Antonio. Yeah, that's, and I that's, still that's don't think place. I still don't think either of them are as good as Golden State. Yeah, I, I don't know because I don't like I don't like San Antonio's uh, going forward their point guard situation. There's some other things going on there. They're, they got to turn that roster a little bit because yeah. they got some older guys. Yeah, Parker on and Ginobili got to go away at this point. Yeah, pretty much. And Cleveland, I mean, who, who are you taking off the floor to put Gordon Hayward on the floor? You get, I mean, who are you taking off the floor to put? Paul well, Dor- to be fair, they don't have a shooting guard. Yeah, I mean, their starting shooting guard is J.R. Smith. He's oh, terrible. Yeah, and weird. their backup shooting guard is Amon Schumper. Yeah. So they li- and and they, those two are matched up against Clay Thompson. And neither, I mean, okay. So if you could take Amon Schumper, J.R. Smith, and put them together into one player, J- Amon Schumper's defense and J.R. Smith's shooting, he'd still be a streaky shooter. Right. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but and he would still not like shirts. So, so the thing with Golden State is, you know, not only the individual greatness of the starters, but also what comes off the bench to replace them. You know, Draymond Green's sort of the linchpin of that team, yeah. not the biggest star on the team, but the guy that kind of fill, does the dirty work and fills all the little holes. The soul. His clone comes off the bench to cover for him when he's not playing in Iguodala. Yeah. Literally the exact same player. Yeah. 
So and and, and and then you've also got David West, and who if he, does a lot of the same things too. And if you want to go, well, Zaza Pachulia can't possibly be the starting center on the best team of all time. I could understand that argument, except for the fact he only plays a few minutes a game, and generally one of the David West or Kevin Durant. But if you're playing that center guy, for if you. you're that guy, you probably think it's the Bulls. And, and was, Luke Longley was the center or, for that and team. Wennington Ugh, for other years. Yeah. Jesus. So. You know, to me, it's it's the depth of quality on their on their roster. You've got guys like Sean Livingston that get minutes that are right. like uh, really good players that are you know start for most teams and they're tenth off their bench. Ian Clark, right. you know, James Michael McAdoo can't get on the court. Nope. Um, and so the, they've not only got the the upfront quality, but they've got the depth. And so to me, the fact the real scary thing for them is they can lose their best player, and you can argue whether that person is Durant or Steph Curry, and it doesn't matter which one you think it is, they're still the best team in the league without either of those guys. I mean, they were before they added Durant, so even if you take him yeah. away, I right. mean, what, do you, what did you lose? Uh, you don't have Maurice Spates or Bogut. Yeah. Or Barnes. Barnes is not a loss because Durant takes all of his minutes plus. Right, you know and, I mean? and even if even if Durant goes down, so Sean Livington has to start for a while. Actually, probably Iguodala plays. Yeah, I mean, probably more. Yeah, I mean, know, I, I yeah. or you slot in David West and go with a bigger lineup. But you know, so so the historical teams. The bottom line is, like, I got on Twitter and someone was, oh, Magic said the Showtime Lakers would sweep these guys, which wrong. is the most ridiculous freaking thing I've ever heard. Wrong. So I went on and said, that's nice. Good luck trading twos for threes. It's exactly right. They don't shoot threes well enough. Magic Johnson literally did not have a jump shot, okay? Now, you can love Magic. I love Magic. Magic was a great basketball player. LeBron James is Magic Johnson with a jump shot, and that's why LeBron James is so good. Yes. I'm trying to think of two guys. There's two. I think I'm starting to think of guys on that team that I trust to make. Byron Scott. Byron Scott and Michael Cooper. The yep. only two guys on the Lakers that I would trust, those Lakers that I would trust to make threes at any kind of rate. How many minutes do you think Byron Scott and Michael Cooper would play for Golden State? None. Very few. Very few. Byron Scott would play backup point guard maybe 10 minutes a game. I honestly think that the 84 Celtics would have a better chance just because they're be- they were a hustle. better shooting team. Yeah. And their defensive hustle. Bird, Ainge, Johnson all could shoot threes. Yeah. Um, and actually, Mikhail would hit one once in a while too. But and and the hustle, the yeah. defensive hustle, they they played they, really great. No in the answer unit, for Paris. Closeouts and exactly, if Zaza Pachulia tried to injure Robert Parrish, he would get hurt badly. He would get hurt really, really badly. <laughs> the chief up in that. But I I love these kind of discussions, and yeah. I actually appreciate when people take the other side. But I just think they're wrong. No, no, I, and I don't think the Celtics could possibly yeah. beat them. I'm just saying they would they would have a better chance than the Lakers yeah. would. Now, and and here's the other thing someone said about well the league is different now. I mean it's soft and whatever. No, it's not. It, it's it's it is well. I will say this to that to that person to to booster their point, kind of bolster their point. Remember when uh, Kevin McHale literally clotheslined Kurt Rambis. I want you to remember, Kevin McHale was not ejected from that game. Right. Now, is that it was what a common want? foul. Right, is that what you want out of the NBA? <laughs> right, you don't you want, want it. So, and the, so one of the, to me, the worst thing, when people say this, college basketball fans will say, in the NBA they don't play defense. Those wrong. people are idiots. That's so wrong. If that's what you think, you are an idiot. In the NBA, they play the best defense in the world. The thing is, if you've ever played basketball and someone is a capable offensive player, they're what is referred to as unguardable yep. because no amount of defense can stop them from getting their shot off and they make bad shots. Yeah, Kevin Durant makes your defense look bad even when it was really, really good. Dude, 
What do you you can't contest a Kevin Durant three point shot? He can jump two and a half feet in the air, and he's seven feet tall with a seven three wingspan. Where's your contest? The game winner, basically the game winner. LeBron's hand was in his face. He released that ball from twelve feet. Good luck. The ball was twelve feet in the air yeah. when he released it. Yeah. What are you yeah. going to do? Yeah. What are, and he is deadly yeah. from that range. And you've got the hand check has been taken out of the... Now, mind you, the hand checking was never a legal thing to do in the league. It just wasn't called. Right. Much like a third-step travel is rarely can, called, can even though it's illegal. Stop you right there for a second. Yeah. Could you imagine Allen Iverson in a league that you couldn't you hand, hand check? check? He'd still be six foot tall, though. Yeah, and, but, but he he's, would... his ability to get by you... It's, it's, actually, he's, a, he's very similar to Kyrie Irving. And Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Kyrie, well, Kyrie, Kyrie yeah, particularly. Yeah. Well, Kyrie's ability to make these layups off of either... His, his variety of shot making is spectacular. His now, finishing at the rim is, uh, is, is really cool. It's, it's cool. Yeah. It's fun to watch. Now, you know, the idea... Now, sometimes you'll see the LeBron detractors say, Kyrie is the more clutch guy. And he's, you know, he's like the guy. In game three, Kyrie's idiot shot frankly lost him the game. Yep. They don't go two for one. He takes a three, a contested three step back with 25 and a half seconds left that basically loses him the game. Yeah. And this, he's 0 for 7 for 3 for the game, and he made everything go into the basket. And when it came down to it, he shoots a bad three instead of taking it to the hole. I mean, obviously, people are criticizing LeBron for not taking the drive that Draymond was giving them and kicking it to Korver. You literally got Kyle Korver. You traded for Kyle Korver to make the shot LeBron set him up for. Correct. And now, he missed it. Yes. And again, and, and you're looking at it from a lens maybe of people who are looking at the game from a perspective from years ago. You never pass up a drive for an outside jump shot. Well, in a today's three is the best shot in the league. Exactly. In yeah. today's NBA, you do mm-hmm. because people hit 40 percent from three point land, and Corver hits like 53 percent from three. Right. Point. It's like a layup for him, for Christ's sake. Especially from the corner, unguarded. Right. So he missed it. It happened. Yeah. But it wasn't, doesn't mean it was the, the wrong play. And you, you can't kill LeBron for it. You just can't kill him for it. Their role players, besides their big... Now, their big three has showed up. Kevin Love's rebounding in this series has been awesome. He's a much better player this year than he was last yep. year. His, his passing has been awesome. Kyrie's shot-making has been awesome. And LeBron, period, has been awesome. Everybody else on the team has been atrocious. Awful. Except for some three-point shooting in the last game. Yeah. But yeah, uh, you take Game Four out of it. J.R. Smith's been bad. Iman Shumpert's been bad. Darren Williams hadn't Darren hit a Williams, shot since May. I just saw a meme, best meme of the week on Twitter, where someone was like uh, interviewing Darren, Tom, uh, Darren Williams, and it's uh, him pointing a microphone at a trash can. Yeah, because that's what he's been. And Tristan Thompson, same. Same. You're you're eighty three rebounds player. in Game Three. He had scored, I want to say he had less than 10 points in the first three games combined. I don't combined. give a shit how many points he's got. you got to get some, Get though. boards! Well, the boards turn into points because, if right. you, you know, in theory, you get the offensive rebound, which he's supposed to be really good at, right. and he's not doing that. He needs to get boards! Yeah, it's the only reason he's on the floor. Fucking Christ! Yeah. Dude, Steph Curry, that's what, it, that's what the stat was. Steph Curry had more rebounds in Game 3 than Tristan Thompson had in the first three games combined. Combined! Steph Curry! Right. Your only job is to get boards! Steph Curry's job is to shoot threes. Right. So anyway, all right, folks. So the, the NBA Finals. We, my hope, sincere hope, is Cleveland wins the next game because then you have a series. Ooh, and you got you got a lot of a lot of Golden State fans that are getting a little tight in the sphincter at that point. And a lot of Golden State players, maybe. Now they've been able to play loose and free with the ball, yep. and 
look, they're they're that much better than the Cavs, like you said. It's a lot like the Cavs in the yep. in the Celtics in the other series. But if now you get some series pressure on them if Cleveland wins the next game. Yes. So so uh, just to update you guys, uh, that's I, I think obviously I don't I think next tomorrow's is game is the it, last it, game yeah, of the season. Yeah. And so the next time we come on the air is going to be two weeks. I'm going to Maui next week, so I won't be available. Poor thing. Poor thing. And so uh, two weeks from now, we are going to come back on, and we're going to do – it's going to be the post-NBA draft uh, special. We'll talk a lot of draft, and it'll be good. It'll be cool. really good. And, of course, that we'll at that point – button we'll up be, the finals. We'll, yeah, button up the way, the way the finals went. And we're going to get uh, – we're going to really start getting to baseball and football heavy, heavy, yeah. heavy, which is cool. So – but that's it for today. For, for Well, not for today. That's it for the NBA Finals. That's our segment for this one. We're going to go uh, leave you for a moment. We're going to come back after a quick break. We're going to play Hard to Handle. I mean, if you don't know this song, you don't know the Black Crows, you don't know rock and roll music, I don't think. Hard to Handle is one of the great songs of all time. This is uh, the Black Crows version of it. We'll see you on the other side of this uh, right here on Sports and Beer with Friends. Uh, we're happy that you uh, could be with us. Mama, I'm so hard to handle now, just around. Mama, I'm so hard to handle now, just around.
was the Black Crows with Hard to Handle right here on Sports and Beer with Friends. We're glad that you could join us today. We hope you're enjoying uh, your time. It's good. So uh, if you're familiar with the show, you know that this is segment three, and this is where we do our dumb sports list of the week, which we haven't hinted at it at all today, which is probably good because we talked about some really cool stuff so far. Um, the Aaron Judge conversation was good. Obviously, the NBA conversation in the last segment was really good. Uh, Mike gets a little heated. I enjoy it. I yeah. mean, basketball is my thing. Yeah, for sure, and that's good. Uh, so this week we are doing a uh, it's an NFL list because NFL is coming, bruh. And uh, this one's probably gonna make Mike a little. I don't know. He he's not gonna like the list. I'm just gonna tell you that right now. It's the 16 greatest wide receivers in NFL history. Uh, written by a guy named Ron Sar at our favorite website, NewArena.com. We uh, pretty much every week go back to the well there. Um, I mean, they give us so much to work with. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, they do. So, uh, he, this, I, he doesn't really, this is the thing I really don't like about it. What's your criteria? If you're going to come up with a list, and it's going to be weird, and it's going to have people in weird places, what was your criteria? And none of these guys ever say it. So, I'll, I'll give you criteria for what I'm, how I'm going to judge this list. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. My criteria would be, if I had a guy on my team, which one would I want? Right. Okay. Well, number 16 on the list. Of all-time great wide receivers in the history of the NFL. All-time great. Yeah, okay, continue. Andre Johnson. From the Houston Texans? Tennessee Titans, Indianapolis Colts, and Houston Texans. Andre Johnson, 14 NFL seasons, which actually I was not aware. I knew he was... You knew he was getting old? Getting old. And see, check out these numbers. Uh, 1,062 receptions, 14,185 yards, and 70 touchdowns. And he's the only NFL player with 60 catches in each of his first eight NFL seasons. Pretty cool. Played in, the le- played in an era, in the, the more recent era. Very prolific era. When wide receivers now, were, you know, a lot of passing, a lot of big numbers for wideouts. He did not have great quarterback play for a lot of his career. Matt Schaub, mostly. Yeah. That's true, too. Uh, Matt Schaub, mostly, which was not great. And he's also 11th on the all-time list for yards. Yep. Um, I actually don't hate him at, at 16. It, I, when I when you prefaced this, I thought you were going to hit me with some, no, not some idiot bat. at 16. I'm yeah. actually good with him at yeah, 16. Yeah. I just don't know that 15's better than him. Continue. Because I don't know. Raymond Barry of the Baltimore Colts. Okay, I mean... 1955 to 1967. He's two, he was drafted 250. So he played with Johnny okay, Unitas, right? He was. This is. It's 232nd. However, the way that he put it, it is 233rd. Awesome. 32rd. <laughs> it's got an RD behind it. That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, 631 receptions, 9,275 yards, and 68 touchdowns. Obviously, it seems like really good numbers for the 50s. Yeah, way different era. But he had Johnny Unitas throwing the ball. He did. Less competition back then, I would imagine. His first sentence is. Barry, who benefited from fellow Hall of Famer QB Johnny Unitas' abilities, won NFL championship with the Colts in 58-59. And he led the league in receiving 57-59 and 60, six-time Pro Bowler, five-time All-Pro, been in the Hall of Fame since 73, dead for a while. I mean, yeah, if you're playing in the NFL in the 50s, <laughs> CTE's think, a pretty, thing. I don't know. I'm wearing thinking, leather man. helmets and stuff. He might not be dead. <laughs> All right, number 14, Lynn Swan. Now, I will say this to you. Steve Corpus sent me this list, and he's, his words about Lynn Swan was, he might not have even been the best receiver on his own team. If he didn't catch the immaculate reception, no one would know who he is. He didn't. That was Franco Harris. It bounced off Lynn Swan, right? Something like that. Bounced he was off involved. somebody. 
He he had that really great catch in the Super Bowl against the Cowboys. Yeah, the, the basket, Millie, Willie Mays asked. Kind of juggled it and brought it in. And John Stallworth was also a very good wide receiver for them. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 Lin Swan was the better player. And 14th on the list for Lin Swan. I, I'm, I'm good with that. Okay. Uh, Hard to argue when he was just here's before the, my time. Okay, you know? so now I'm going to give you his numbers. In the 70s, again, not a great throwing era. However, nine seasons. 336 receptions, 5,462 yards, 51 touchdowns. Okay, not in the conversation, sorry. Yeah, okay. So now when you see the numbers, Even you hear you the di- name. Yeah. But then you see the numbers. Divide by nine, and you're talking less than 40 catches a year, 5,000 yards, you said, 600 yards a year. Yeah, he was not uh, prolific. Not, now, yeah. this is the one that... What was his best season ever? Right. Seriously. Not great. Well, you know, 60 catches, 1,000 yards, maybe? Yeah. So this is the one that I think is, is the first one that's probably going to make your head pop a little bit. After you gave me Lynn Swan's stats, he does not belong in sniffing this list, first of all. Okay. So I'll, I'll I agree. say that. I, I would think that Drew Pearson would be a better candidate for this list, and he's not on it. Okay. Okay. Number 13. Calvin Johnson. Is 13? Detroit Lions. Yeah, 13. Also nine seasons. Now, completely different era. However, double, all the stats are double. Yep, easily. 731, 11,619, and 83 touchdowns. That's nine seasons. That's yeah. like Barry Sanders. Right. Which is crappy if you're a Lions fan. It's the same thing. You've had it happen you, to you with your best running back ever and your best wide receiver ever. They both left. Calvin Johnson certainly belongs on this list, and I'm sure you're going to get to some people ahead of him that, in my initial criteria, How can you not? That, I'm not go, that I'm going, boy, I'd take Calvin Johnson over that dude. Number 12, Don Hudson of the Green Bay Packers from 35 to 45 he you, played. You already got one. Yep. The reception's 488 uh, yards, 7,991. Now, here's the thing. Touchdown's 99. A lot. And Hudson played both ways, but that doesn't matter. We're not talking about both ways. But he likes to put in that he also uh, had 30 interceptions. So he had 99 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. That's pretty cool. <laughs> But that doesn't make you a good wide receiver. Interceptions are the exact opposite of being a good wide receiver. I, I don't know. It, how am I going to compare a guy that played in the 30s and 40s to a guy in today's NFL? Exactly. This goes back to my previous conversation about the eliteness of today's athlete. That dude would not make the NFL in today's NFL. Now, he was twice NFL MVP as a wide receiver. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Although wide receiver slash corner, I I was going to say, he was also playing defense. Number eleven. This this one I am exact. This I think this is exactly right. And I, I'm I'm going to tell you this, and I'm, I don't think you even know much about this guy. Uh, number eleven, Lance Allworth. Okay. San Diego Chargers, Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Okay. Allworth uh, played nine seasons, 542 yards uh, receptions, but on those 542 receptions, 10,266 yards. So you averaged almost 20 yards of completion yes. and, and 85 60. touchdowns. Yeah, it would make sense if you in, got that in the sixties and seventies. Yeah. Yeah. That's prolific. Yeah, very good. Uh, also, he was known as Bambi, just so you know. Because he ran fast like a deer? He did. Uh, yeah, his mother didn't die at a young age. That could have been the other reason. Shoot, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, yeah, played in both the AFL and the NFL. Uh, yeah, great player. Do they combine the stats? Yes, they do. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number 10, Michael Irvin, Dallas Cowboys. I'm okay with Mike at 10. I don't think he belongs on the list. I think you're wrong. Okay. Here, uh, 12 seasons, 750 receptions, 11,904 yards, 65 touchdowns. Three world, three world championships. Okay. Yeah, the three world championships is big. Um, Five-time Pro Bowler. 
Three-time All-Pro. Hall of Fame. He, okay. He can be in this conversation. And a top ten. You can a make, top ten wide receiver. You can make the argument. Yeah. Okay. It's not Don Hudson. It's not, it's not Megatron at 13. Here's what I'll say. I think Michael Irvin belongs at number 10. And I think that Calvin Johnson should be ahead higher. of him. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, next, number nine, a guy who is very close to Mike's heart. Number nine, Art Monk. Washington yeah, old, Redskins. Old Syracuse boy. New York Jets, Philadelphia Eagles, if you can even believe it. Uh, he played for 16 NFL seasons. Yep. 940 yards, 12,721. I'm sorry, yep. 940 receptions, yeah. 12,721 uh, for yardage, touchdown 68. So basically, in, in Urban's 12 years, he was almost Art Monk. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, but I, I think Art Monk is fine at nine. I'm good with it. Yeah, you know what? The era, even the Cowboys, the great Cowboys teams, the era is different than today's era. Yeah. And Mike Irvin's numbers are pretty impressive. Yeah. And, and again, Monk was part of three uh, three world championships. Yeah. Three-time All-Pro. I'm uh, sorry, three-time Pro Bowler. That's really weird that he only made three Pro Bowls. But I guess he played in the same era as like uh, some other guys who were on the list. I, I was going to say. <laughs> there's one guy that made the Pro Bowl legit every year ahead of him. I can think of off the top of my head. Played in the same conference and everything. Yep. Uh, number eight will also make your head pop. Terrell Owens. Yeah, it makes my head pop because he should be number two on this list. Or three. Two or three is the only yeah. places that he can yep. land, and they have him at, uh, at eighth. This, so Owens. this guy is exemplary of the eight holes that are keeping him yes. out of the Hall of Fame. 49ers, Eagles, Cowboys, Bills, Bengals. 15,934 yards. That's correct. That's exactly right. Get up off them. 1,078 receptions, 155 touchdowns. Get up off T.O. Bro. Seriously, I don't care if you like him or not. There's no argument that can be made. We've talked about this on the show before. He should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. He got screwed. Six-time Pro Bowler. Five-time All-Pro. He's the only player to have scored at least two touchdowns against all 32 NFL teams. Jerry Rice was only All-Pro three times. Yes. Five-time All-Pro. Five-time. This is not a first ballot Hall of Famer, folks. Well, it's not because someone screwed him. A bunch of people. A bunch of people. This is So this is exemplary of the Hall of Fame's of freaking competition of who likes you. Right. You know? If, if you're writing a list of great wide receivers and Terrell Owens is eighth on your list, stop writing your list. Your because list you're is stupid. dumb. The next guy on the list, the guy directly ahead of him, is Chris Carter of the Vikings, the, Eagles, and Dolphins. Chris Carter, who only catches touchdowns and didn't catch anywhere near as many touchdowns as T.O.? Exactly. Yeah. 1,101. Now, mind you, he played 16 NFL seasons, 1,101 receptions, 13,899 yards. Yeah. Fewer yards on more receptions, and 130 touchdowns. 25 uh-huh. fewer touchdowns. Yep. Yeah. Carter, who overcame personal issues early in his career with the Eagles, was enshrined in the Hall of Fame in 2013. Eight-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro. To be fair, Chris Carter might be where he belongs on this list. Yes, it's but T.O. belongs way ahead of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven I actually don't. Fine. I think I think Chris Carter's probably a little high at seven. Yeah, I mean, he's probably more like nine-ish. If you're the second-best receiver on your own team, are you the seventh-best receiver in the history of the league? Hello. Uh, number six on your list. Uh, Tim guy, Brown. Nope. Another guy who is ahead of Terrell Owens, Steve Largent, Seattle Seahawks. Well, at least he... He had good numbers in an era where good right. numbers were not as, as prolific like, as they are today. When he he thirteen thousand yards. He was the leader in when yardage. he retired. He held yeah. most NFL records right. for receivers. Yeah, uh, fourteen seasons, all with the Seahawks. Yep. 
819 receptions, 13,089 yards, and 100 touchdowns, which were all great numbers at that time. Steve Largent's worthy. Of number six. Yeah. Yes. As he's long not, as T.O.'s two or three, four ahead of him. Right, because he's not <laughs> worthy to be ahead of Terrell Owens. Yeah. He's not a better wide receiver than Terrell Owens. I knew that this list would all come down to where T.O. was on it. Number five, Larry Fitzgerald of the it, Arizona Cardinals. Is fine. That's perfect. He's amazing. Fifth is exactly right. At the end of the season, he's going to have 15,000 yards. Yes. He I has 1,125 receptions, 14,389 yards, and 104 career touchdowns in 13 seasons. And he was awesome in his 13th season. Yes, he was great last year. He yeah. may catch the 75 balls that he needs to get to 1,200. Yeah, like, probably will this year. There's a chance. It's really weird. You want to see something really weird? Who's ahead of him? No, no. Go look, go look at Jason Witten and who he's going to pass in receptions this year. Oh, it's... And uh, he's, he just signed a, a three-year extension. He's after Tony Gonzalez. Wait, Jason Witten... Is on a three-year extension? Yeah, he just signed an extension in the offseason. Wow. Well, he's not in the top 20. No, yes, he is. In receptions? Oh, yes, he is. Oh, I'm on yards, not receptions. No. So, of course, that makes sense being a tight end. Yeah. He is going to pass a bunch of people this year. He's, does he have 1,000 already? Yes. Yeah. He's the, uh, he actually he, is, he has more receptions than Michael Irvin. He's okay, the all-time yeah. leader in receptions for the Dallas Cowboys. Well, he catches a lot of passes. He does. All right, number four is Marvin Harrison. Just like the idiots who voted for the Hall of Fame and put him in there ahead of T.O. Now, mind you, Marvin Harrison belongs in this range. 1,012 receptions, 14,580 yards, 128 touchdowns, catching passes from one of the most prolific passers in the history of the game. And without the physical talents of some of the guys that are on this list. He was fast, but he was not big. Plus he went to Syracuse, so he gets points for that. He does get cool points for Syracuse. <laughs> um, he gets a few points taken away from having a gun issue. But no. What? You don't remember that? Off the field stuff, not important. <laughs> Especially after you retire, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, so that's it. Marvin Harrison's number four. Okay, I'm going to see if I can guess the top three. Go ahead. Before you start. I think it's going to be Tim Brown, Randy Moss, Jerry, Jerry Rice. Uh, you're absolutely right. Tim Brown's number three. Tim Brown should not be number three. I agree with that. Terrell yeah. Owens should be at least number three. Yeah. Tim Brown should, should be, be number four. Leave Larry Fitzgerald at five. Probably move uh, Harrison back to like six I or seven. I feel like Tim Brown's ahead of some guys he shouldn't be ahead of. Like, you could swap him and T.O., and I'd be okay with it. Like, legit. Make him eight. All right. So here's his... Here's his, here's his, here's his numbers are good. Real good. He throws in all-purpose yards. Again, all-purpose yards are not a wide receiver stat. Right. Just because he returned kicks doesn't make him a better right. wide receiver. 1,094 receptions, 14,934 yards. Mm-hmm. All-purpose yards, 19,683, which don't matter. And 105 touchdowns. Yeah. 50 fewer touchdowns um again a great player played 17 seasons there's only two receivers in the history of the league when you look at their numbers you don't go boy to's numbers are a lot better than that dude right and they're the next two on your list right which randy moss who played for the vikings patriots raiders titans and 49ers so again if you're going to hold against to that he played for all these teams and he's a jerk how do you not hold that against randy moss because he is a guy he's the same dude right like right and no offense to randy moss who i like a ton a ton I don't shine shoes. I don't cash jacks. Straight cash, homie. Word. Receptions, 982 in 14 seasons. He had 15,292 yards and 156 touchdown grabs. One more than T.O. The best thing ever was the three catches for three touchdowns and 177 yards on Thanksgiving. Against the Cowboys. Yes, it was. And he did that because he... he Somebody talked some smack. No, he, wanted to, he was mad the Cowboys didn't draft him. Well, they learned. They learned. <laughs> they got school. The, and now... In 
Wayne Gretzky from earlier in the show fashion, you arrive at Jerry Rice. Who is by far... I unassailable. Mean, unassailable. This, these records are not falling, I don't think. Even in this... And remind you, he did not play, for in the most this, part, in this era. Right. So, the thing is, Kelvin Johnson, did he have a 2,000-yard season? Yes. Close. Uh, I mean, I 1,998 or something I like that. I want to say he came close and didn't get there. Yeah, very, okay. very close, though. Like 1,900 yards. Jerry, if you could come up with a 2,000-yard season and then do it 11 times in a row, yes. you still... Would not be Jerry Rice. And Jerry Rice is number one on the list. San Francisco 49ers, Oakland Raiders, Seattle Seahawks. 20 NFL seasons, by the way. So longevity is a thing, but he took care eh. of himself really well. The last few years, Oakland was okay. Seattle was a joke. If you wanted to cut his career to 15 and forget the last five years, He'd still his be numbers are still... Pfft, yeah. uh, you know. 1,549 receptions. 22,895 yards receiving. And 208 touchdowns. That's it. That's your list. Now, look, he got that part right. Yeah. If if you made this list and did not have Jerry Rice number one, you are an idiot. For sure. I mean, there's just no arguing whether yeah. whether Jerry Rice was the best wide receiver of all time. And and he it, played it, for now. He did have some advantages. Oh, for sure. He played great. Two great quarterbacks in San two. Francisco. Two great quarterbacks. And a great. system that was ten years ahead of its time with a great offensive line got him open. Game. He got himself open, but yep. the system got him open. He, you know, he's not a system receiver. No. He's a great receiver in a great, in a system. great system. And he took short completions and just housed them uh, constantly. constantly. About approximately 208 times. <laughs> right. Give or take. Give or take. Because uh, most of his were not no, over-the-shoulder, right. long, beat-your-guy-down-the-field. They Crosses were and cross it on a slant and boom. Yeah. Split the defenders and you're gone. And gone. Once he gets past you, you're never catching him. You're never catching him. And... And he did a lot of his really big damage in the third and fourth quarters because he never got tired. He never got tired. He's just an awesome player. He was an incredibly awesome player. Uh, and, there, again, no argument there. You want to put Randy Moss at number two, I'm fine with that. You want to put T.O. at number two, I'm fine with that. But to put T.O. at number eight. The thing with Moss, so if I was starting a team, I would take Moss over T.O. So I'm, not, I, I'm fine with him at two. You're starting a team. And you cannot pick Jerry Rice, right? I'm getting Randy Moss. Okay. Because, because of the just game-breaking ability he had. Yeah. And not that T.O. didn't have it. He did have it. Randy Moss was a different animal, though. His speed yeah. was... No. Uh, now, T.O. had the body and the strength. But I'd take, at a wide receiver position, I like Randy Moss's speed. T.O. didn't have great hands. That's he a, dropped a lot of I passes. Was, I was also going to mention that. Um, but that just tells you how great he was. He dropped a lot of passes and still had those numbers. Yeah. I mean, ridiculous. He led the league in drops, I think, three or four times. So this is another one that, again, sort of does refer back to my point of today's athlete. And just you can't put guys from the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s on this list. I'm sorry. No. I, I mean, mean, Don Hudson doesn't belong on this list. And Randy like, Berry doesn't belong on this Lynn list. Lynn Swan's numbers don't belong anywhere Absolutely near this not. list. You could take the top 30 receivers of all time, and he probably doesn't belong on that list. Yeah, Numbers-wise, he doesn't, for sure. 336 catches for 5,000-some-odd yards? You're, like, buried. You're in the hundreds. Yeah. I mean, your uh, historical significance is a thing I, I know. But, I mean, at some point, you have to look at the numbers. How does this guy belong on this Dude, list? Heinz Ward is a better Pittsburgh Steelers receiver. Numbers-wise. And was the best blocking receiver you ever saw. So yeah. if you want to take all-purpose yards and all this other BS and include it in the package. I agree. I don't think he's even the best, p- That's best receiver. That's actually a wide receiver skill set. Yes. For Christ's sake. Yes. The ability to block. Right. Not interceptions. Yeah. Not total not yards. P- 
punt returns. <laughs> awesome. So that was a little bit of a shorter list. We didn't want to ramble on. I'm going to just throw some names out there, okay? okay? That that you that should have had some conversation in this list. Ike Bruce is the fourth all-time yep. yardage leader among wide receivers and has a silly number of touchdowns, although I don't have that number in front of me. Yep. I want to say it's about 130. It's pretty, pretty um, close to that, I think. Yep. Steve Smith yep. of Carolina and, uh, and Baltimore, Baltimore yep. 14,731 yards, and a dude who you just did not want to be in front of ever because he would destroy you. Anquan Bolden. Um, Reggie Wayne, 14,000-plus yards. James Lofton, 14,000-plus yards. Mm-hmm. Like, these are dudes that – Henry Ellard, yeah. who, who played in the earlier era, yep. and 13,777 yards. What were Drew Pearson's numbers? He's so far down the list, I don't see him. It's nine, it's, he had like 9,000 or 10,000 yards, something like I that. i got to get past such guys as Chad Johnson, Antonio Gates, Keenan McCardell, and Joey Galloway to get to him. Yep. So, uh, Pearson, Pearson, Pearson. Oh my God! Yeah, like it's way down the list. Way, yeah, I'm into the eight thousands and I haven't got to him yet, unless I just skipped it. But um, yeah, I mean. Those but anyway, yeah. So, so Lynn Swan's five thousand yards, and you're gonna put him on your list. Like, if you want a guy from that era, take Bolitnikov. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know. So the list is BS. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's stupid. So, I mean, you got those two guys from the Rams and Holt and Isaac Bruce, and neither of them's on the list, yep. and they both had over 13,000 yards, and they both had a ridiculous number of touchdowns, mm-hmm. and they're both going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yep. And they're both better than probably the second half of the list in, for the most part. Most likely, yes. Yeah. All right. Well, there's that. So, okay, guys, I hope you enjoyed the dumb uh, sports list of the week because it was pretty dumb. I don't know how the fourth highest yardage guy in the history of the league could not be <laughs> Like... Mike is going to be talking about this in the break. I want you to There's know. no question. <laughs> Mike Bruce should be on the list. He's, to me, the, if you had to, like... Hey, Ray Berry made it. Who do you think is the worst omission? Is it somebody besides Isaac Bruce that you... That you no, would, I would think Isaac Bruce is probably the guy. Dude had almost 15,000 freaking yards. Yeah, I mean, and you're putting guys on there that have a third of the yardage. Yeah. Uh, it just doesn't make sense. So I'm a Steelers fan. I mean, there literally is not another explanation no, for Lynn Swan's I, position. No, he won for a Super Bowl. Yeah. With 12 other Hall of Famers on his team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right, guys. uh, We're going to take the break now. (laughs) We're going to come back after this. We're going to talk. What are we talking about? For the love of God, I don't know. We did all the fun stuff. Oh, we're going to talk NBA draft. It's just a few days, 11 days away. So we're going to preview a little bit of that so that when we come back in a couple weeks. So we'll talk NBA draft when we come back. Uh, Leaving you with a... This is a little bit less of a rocker than the last few songs. It's seeing things for the first time. Again, this is off of the Black Crow's Shake Your Money Maker album from 1991. Hope you enjoy it, and we'll see you in just a couple seconds right back here on Sports and Beer with Friends.
Right, guys, we're back. Uh, back for segment four here on Sports and Beer with Friends. So Join we didn't talk wide receivers in the interim. We talked 
the X Men list, the best X Men of all. Yeah, because we got. I mean, we well, we spoke. Well, what did we talk about? We talked about. I don't really particularly enjoy the College World Series. Yeah. I don't. Uh, the only thing I enjoy less is the Women's College World Series. I'd much rather watch a women's international friendly. Oh wait, the U.S. women are playing Norway. That shouldn't be competitive, so yep. we won't watch that. So I turned the channel, and now X Men: Days of Future Past is on, and we we're talking about. He asked me if we saw if I saw Logan, which I haven't yet, which is a, a major omission on my part. However, we're talking about X Men, and our favorite, both of us actually, our favorite X Men is Gambit. There we go. The man, the myth, the legend. Yeah, absolutely, Remy Laveau. Absolutely, the the Cajun, my friend. H- h- the dynamic between. Gambit and Wolverine, is well, that's what made Gambit my favorite. Yeah. I mean, he's the only guy who really stood up to Wolverine, yeah. and, and you, like, bought it. Like, yeah. that's legit. He, he doesn't give a shit. When Cyclops is like, dude, you'll get your head cut off. Like, run away. <laughs> Need you shoot him with lasers? God. Get up off him. such a douche, Cyclops. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And Gambit, you're just like, yeah, he's cool enough. He'll, he'll, he ain't going to take this shit. So. Yeah. Which was great. So I love Gambit. Uh, I was saying Rogue was another of my favorites. Um, but yeah, X Men's cool. I like. I still love X Men. So that's good. Uh, we are cranking through our second hour. We're gonna uh, talk about NBA draft, which is eleven days from today. Hard to believe. Um, I really didn't map anything out for this. So um, obviously the Celtics have the number one pick. And who do you want him to take? I I, I want him to take Fultz. Okay. I don't want Lonzo Ball on the team. I like Josh Jackson, but I think you have. I think you have to take Fultz. Okay, so just in case you don't know, Mike's asking me because I am a Celtics fan. Right. I love the Celtics. I've loved the Celtics since I was a little kid. I want them to take Fultz. I want them to work him in behind Isaiah next year, and then I want them to let Isaiah go and make Fultz the starting point guard. I, I think if I was a Celtics fan, I would feel much the same. Um, if I was a Celtics fan, I would really want Isaiah Thomas to be willing to be our sixth man. But he's not. And, you and can't, I can't and you, you imagine can't you can force, ask him to do that. Yeah, you can't point. force him to do it anymore. Yeah. Because he's earned whatever he wants. If he's willing to do it, which he won't be, he's not going to be. And he shouldn't be. I mean, he's But earned. that's his role. Like, that's a great role for Isaiah Thomas' right. skill set. And he's going to be eligible for a max contract, and the Celtics cannot give him. It's a future fail if they do. I Five think. years. Uh, Two hundred million. He's not. There's a, there's a limit now with the contracts where if you're not first team all, the guy who can get the max deal is a first team All NBA guy. You have to be on one of the All NBA teams yeah. within last. It's for second or third within yeah. the last. Two so that's seasons. why Gordon Hayward is eligible. For example, he's I don't not know. eligible. He didn't make. Any. I thought he did. No, he's. That's why. That's why there's zero chance he stays in Utah now. Oh, okay, because they I can't even did. give him the max contract. Oh, okay, because he didn't make an NBA okay. all all, I'm all wrong. NBA team. I apologize. Isaiah, however, has. Okay. So he can get five years and two hundred and twenty million dollars. <laughs> but who's going to give him that? Nobody should. The Celtics aren't going to give him, and no one else can. But the Celtics aren't going to give him that. They're not going to give him that. You hope. There's no. Yeah, I can't imagine they do. Danny Ainge is not going to give. Yeah. Him $44 million a year for five years. And I don't know that Isaiah Thomas will expect it. He shouldn't. I mean, I think as a competitor, he'll be hurt by it. And I think when he leaves, it's not going to be super pretty. So he's not here's, the here's the problem with the draft in not only the NBA but all the sports is the sort of groupthink mentality of it. So because the groupthink is Markel Fultz is the best player, right? Mm-hmm. You If you have the first pick, you're sort of stuck taking Well, I, here's the thing, too, and I agree with that. But as far as the Celtics are, Celtics are concerned, they have the number one pick. Their glaring need on the team is point guard. It is. Even with Isaiah. Isaiah Thomas is not a good point guard. He's an excellent shooter. But he, 
there's so there's so many things that he does that are kind of counterproductive to what the Celtics actually want to do. Like he dominates the ball. He you know. Right. He's not going to defend his position because he's not big enough to they defend were, his position. The only time they were competitive against Cleveland was when Isaiah Thomas was off the floor. And Kyrie was po- posting him up. I mean, right. when you're going, you what do we want? We've got LeBron and, Kev- and Kevin Love. What do we so, want to do? We want to post up our six foot two point guard because his size dominates the. He's up, six up. inches taller than his <laughs> defender. So, in that context. As a Celtics fan, you want him to take the best player available, which the consensus is Fultz. And you want if, if that guy fits the biggest need on your team, point guard, which is what Fultz is, then that makes so much sense that you cannot not do it. However, I don't think Fultz will end up being the best player in this draft. I think he'll end up being the best point guard. I think Lonzo Ball is very good. I think Fultz is better because he does a lot of things that, that Ball does, and he's a better scorer. I guess my problem is this. I watch a lot of college basketball, but I watch East Coast college basketball. So you never saw him play? I don't know that I saw him play once, maybe once. And if so, I wasn't going, okay, this is the first pick in the draft. Let me eye this guy up. Right. So Much like I'll, Ben Simmons last year. Right. I'll, well, Ben ever? Simmons I had seen play a handful of times. I'd at least seen him play Kentucky twice and maybe one or two other games because right. LSU was in some conversation. They were in some early season tournaments. Like I saw LSU play a couple times. But Washington, no. And, and they were really bad. The team was I want to say they were 9-20 or they something. Were they were not bad. a very good team. Yeah. And so, to me, look, of the guys I saw, the, the guys to me that are NBA guys are Tatum and Josh Jackson. Yeah. Tatum from Duke it, and Josh Jackson like, from So, Kansas. if the Celtics come out and shock the world on June 22nd and take Josh Jackson number one overall... You're going to be ecstatic or no? I am, I'm going to be so fine with it. Yeah. Because I've watched Josh Jackson play and I said, that, that's an NBA player. That's NBA guy. He's and, got and some star power for He can score. He shoots... He shoots three. He drives. He's six eight. He defends. He's 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 athletically gifted. Like to me, really this, gifted. The guys who are the really stellar NBA players, the guys who are just the the phenoms that can be the best player on your team, they all have a few things in common. They can shoot threes generally. Yep. They can handle the ball generally. They play good defense and they can dunk easily. Now, like. Easy, you know what I mean? Like other than the dunk easily part, I think everything that you just said describes Mark L. Fultz. And, and again, he's six before, so he can probably dunk. But the guys that really are the transcendent players take it to the hole and throw it down. Mm-hmm. Generally, if you think, a, they start naming the best guys in the NBA, yeah. and if you get off that track, it's Steph Curry, and it's only because Steph Curry is probably the best shooter in the history of the NBA. Right. So you're you're talking about LeBron, Durant. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard, yeah, wings who can and, drive. And not only in today's NBA, but twenty years and again, it was, know, it was, it was Charles Barkley, it was you Larry know, Bird, it was uh, continue, right. James Worthy, Michael Jordan, Doctor J, go all the way back to Elgin Baylor, yeah, yeah, I, exactly, John Havlicek. And so, but in today's NBA, the, the being a, a good percentage three-point shooter is key, too, whereas it wasn't so much in the 80s, 90s yep. as, it, as it is today. Nowadays, if you want to be one of the elite, when we talk all-NBA first team, you want to be one of those five guys, you probably shoot threes pretty well, too. Yeah, you're probably a, a 39% plus three-point shooter. Yeah. Um, they all are. LeBron, Isaiah, uh, Steph. Clay, uh, every guy who's you been start on naming greats: James Harden, Russell yep. Westbrook. Now Russell Westbrook points. even doesn't shoot maybe the percentage, but he's a volume shooter and he's willing to take them. And no one else is on yeah. that team that's going to take a shot. And so. uh, for obvious reasons, Russell Westbrook is on the list yeah. of those guys. Um, 
But that's always been, even since I was a kid, I thought that. Like, you know, 20 years of watching basketball, I've, I've always felt that those qualities were what the transcendent players now, had in common. Remember that the Celtics last year had the third overall pick in the draft, and they took Jalen Brown who they think is going to develop into that guy. Right, and he has some of those characteristics. Absolutely does. So to me, the best, best players are generally all kind of athletic freaks, unless they're Steph Curry, who, who Steph Curry is the best shooter I've ever seen, and his handle is as good as anybody I've right. ever seen as well. Right. So he's got other things that make it where you can forgive the fact that he's not six foot seven and can dunk off either foot. You know, going away from the basket. Right. So, but that's why I think that they're going to go with Fultz because they they believe in Brown. And Brown, I saw Brown play a bunch this year, and he looked good. And he got better and better and better. And even in the playoffs, when he got on the floor against Cleveland, he wasn't lost out there and he wasn't overmatched. The other thing you need is he's got to be the hard worker too. And he is working on your game. And so the fact that as a rookie he's improved over the season really gives you some future. Right. And he'll he'll be involved in the NBA, the summer league, and all that stuff. And by the time next October rolls around, I fully expect Jalen Brown to be in the starting lineup and Isaiah. Thomas to still be there, but kind of, you know, Mark Fultz to be right behind him. Um, and so so there's that. So now the Los Angeles Lakers, we've got the, the Celtics are going to take Fultz. I, I fully believe But it. to me, take the 6-8 wing. That's, I, I understand. I, mean? yeah. I understand. So the Celtics are going to do this, and then the Lakers are coming. Now, they also took a 6-8 wing last year in Brandon Ingram. And they've got a couple. And they do. They have a Larry Nance. Uh, Julius Randle's a little bit more of a four than he is the, yeah. a three. But, but they've got some nice young talent and a really future do. If, and, if they can keep it. And so now they're, there's talk, though, that they're maybe not 100% we're going to take Lonzo Ball here. I wouldn't touch Lonzo Ball. I, I, I mean, understand. that's just my thought. I, I, I don't care. The, like, I don't want his baggage. I don't care. I don't want the baggage. So let's say they don't take Lonzo Ball. How far does he fall, then? Does Philadelphia take him at three? Probably. Probably does. Yeah. So, but if they don't, then Phoenix, they're not taking it. Well, Philly them. needs it more than L.A. even. Probably. Oh, yeah. Like, well, no, they got Ben Simmons, though. Ben Simmons is six foot ten. Like know, He's not going to play point guard for power, you. He's a point forward, though. I'd rather have Lonzo Ball. Like, yeah, I understand. On Philly's roster, Lonzo Ball sort of really fills a hole in their roster. So if you're starting five, a very young starting five, but if you're starting five is Lonzo Ball... Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid. Yeah. Uh, you got Ben Simmons. Uh, yeah, there's some nice pieces there. They shouldn't. I cannot believe they gave up Nerlens Noel. So Dallas bad. is super happy. It's so bad. So the, the the thing with the draft is all the bad teams get these early picks. Generally, now this year you got the Celtics with the first pick, but generally you get the bad teams. They train somebody to play basketball in the NBA, and then they go somewhere else. They go right. to San Antonio, or whatever. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Uh, so the, so let's let's say for the sake of argument, the Lakers take ball. It seems like sort of what is going to happen. So now, now the Sixers are going to have a young front court of either Jason Tatum or Josh Jackson plus Embiid and Simmons. Boy, they need someone to handle the ball, but, I mean. Jesus. And some shooters. I yeah. mean, but, you know, front well, court. Josh Jackson's going to shoot a little. Yeah. And Ben Simmons is going to develop a shot. They're, again, as long as they don't train these guys for other teams right. and they, they – re-sign them after their rookie deals, right. you have a future, and it's much like the Lakers. But the problem is those guys leave. Okay, so so now Philadelphia, is, let's say for uh, sake of argument, they take Tatum. And now you got Phoenix with Josh Jackson in their lap. Well, they, they're taking him. Yeah. And now you're going to put him with Devin Booker. And that's a nice now start. You're starting. Now you've got something to start with. Devin Booker on his own with the rest of that team, it's not it's good. It's garbage. Yeah. Right. Devin Booker with another young 
player, a future, a wing player, mm-hmm. especially considering that Booker's a decent point guard. You know who I also really like out of this draft um, is the kid from NC State. Yep, and he's he's actually a lot of projections of him going to New York at eight. Boy, I'd be ex- I'd be ecstatic with that. Yeah, because again, now you're starting with you've got a great guard and a great big, and you've got something to work with. Um, the problem in the NBA right now, the real problem in the NBA is the is Golden State, is is the you know elephant in the room, so yeah. to speak. What do you do? What do you do if you're another NBA franchise right now? How well, do you try to make yourself well, as good as them? For the most part, these teams that are picking in the top ten, they're not concerned about Golden State right now. Yeah, I, I Boston, right. the clear exception because you know they're, they were they, the first seed in the East, so they, they feel think, like they're a competitive team. Yeah, they think right. they can get there. Um, they can't. Phoenix is not ready. No, not not as currently constituted. No. You add if okay, so you draft Markel Fultz, you add Gordon Hayward. If you they had the top three picks in this, draft, I understand they couldn't get as good as Golden State. That's the real problem with what's going on in the NBA. Yeah. So okay, so Sacramento are they taking De'Aaron Fox? You think he's going to go really high and he's really good? Yeah. Like I mean, I think De'Aaron Fox may be of the three. He may end up being the best. The best of point three. guard of the three. Yeah, he might. it's possible. He's just he's not as as so, good a prospect. Skinny. Yeah, he's thin. The thing is, he's, so can, he's like John Wall fast. That can be fixed. Skinny yeah. can be fixed. Um, you get in a lot of value when you get the third point guard, and there's three guys that you can all throw in a hat and take one out and not really know what you're getting. You know what I mean? Like, yes. And so if you could draft that guy fifth, sixth, Philly gets him even third, they're, they're okay with that, I think. Ooh, Semi Ojale. He's going to be good. And then there's going to be, look, you know there's going to be some international talent that we look at and go, I have no idea who the heck this guy is, and he turns out to be fire. Incredible. Look at Bertrands from San Antonio. I don't know how much of the San Antonio Golden State series you watched. Uh, uh, not, not a ton. Dude, this kid can shoot the lights out. He's like <laughs> six foot nine, Dude, you never heard of before, and he's out there. Now, mind you, Golden State's smacking these guys around. Right. But he's making everything. Absolutely. And he's got... He, Throws down this putback dunk that is freaking NBA all season highlight dunk material. Right. Um, and you know, here's this guy you've never heard of that comes out of Germany or whatever, freaking Bulgaria, and uh, you know those type of guys get found nowadays. That uh, I don't know them, but once they're in the league, you go, "Wow, where'd this guy come from?" So here's here's a mock draft from today. Uh, what is it? SECCountry.com. Okay. De'Aaron Fox is going first. <laughs> right, apparently. Uh, they have it going. Markel Fultz, Lonzo Ball. They have... Uh, holy crap. This thing is a little bit weird. All right. So Mar- Markel Fultz to the Celtics. Lonzo Ball to the Lakers. They have the Sixers taking Malik Monk. Okay. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Formal ja- leak, but either way, yeah. Whatever. Uh, I think it's called... I think, they, I think it's Malik. Okay. All right. I'm pretty sure, actually. Uh, Josh Jackson of the Sun goes to the Suns. De'Aaron Fox to the Kings. Tatum good to Magic. So now you got uh, Tatum. That's that's a value pick. And Aaron Gordon is. It? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nah. you got something again. To start with. Something to start with. Uh, Isaac to the Timberwolves. Dennis Smith Jr. to the Knicks. Would that's love your, that. Love it. Uh, Frank Nittlekina from uh, he's a point guard from France. So here you go. There's the guy. We, this yeah, is the guy the Knicks will actually take. First of all, let me <laughs> let me just tell you, and I'll go. God damn it! A fucking French point guard. <laughs> what? He better be Tony Parker incarnate. I swear yeah. to God. Yeah. Uh, Zach Collins to the Kings. Justin Jackson going eleventh to the Hornets. Yeah, I'm good with it. That's a great eleventh pick. Yeah, but uh, you know, you, you never know till you get these guys in the gym and see how hard they work. But you know, 
on paper, Justin Jackson's a nice pick. I'm trying to go, uh, man, I'm trying to find another international because it just seems. There's another French uh, player, Jonathan Jean, or Jean, Jean. Yeah, Jonathan Jean. Uh, 25th to the Magic from France. Semi Ojale would go to the Blazers at 26th in this scenario. Uh, who? Oh, Tyler Lydon, 30th to the Jazz. Yeah, I think it's a good spot for him. Well, he's white. Right. So, so Utah's a, a possible <laughs> landing destination, no question. <laughs> well, I think also he gets to play against, uh, right next to Rudy Gobert, which would be nice, I think. Uh, um, Lydon is a guy that I felt, uh, watching him in college, he really needed to get... That going to the NBA would actually help him because he needs to get that NBA yeah. gym. Yes. You know what I mean? If he was to lose 15 pounds or quote unquote like turn his fat into muscle, right. he could be a great D- NBA player. Do the Warriors not have a pick this year? Do they need one? N- not really. I'm just I'm looking through here. I don't. I mean, see they did. Tr- they did have made some moves. Ooh, 37th in the second round. The 37th pick to the Boston Celtics from Purdue. Biggie Swanigan. I like it. He won't get past the Spurs. Nope. <laughs> There's no way. Oh, the Sixers get Sundarius Thornwell. That's a he's oh. that's a, now there. Now if you could put that kid with one of these top three point guards and have that be your backcourt yep. with the bigs they have, Ooh, that's yeah. really nice. Yeah. And Sundarius Thornwell is criminally underrated at 37th. PJ Dozier 43rd to the South, to the Rockets. You know. The NBA and the NFL are a lot alike. Yep. Guys get drafted, and it's like, well, what do you do? It's never how good was he on the floor in college. It's like, what's his future potential? Right. Well, guess what? His future potential is the contract he's going to sign with his next team. I would say uh, it's more so in the NBA than the NFL. I think the NFL does care a little bit more about w- did you produce at school. Yeah. And, and what type and of the talent combine and, the, and like, what type of talent did you play against? Were you an SEC guy? Yeah. Were you a Big 12 guy? Were you a MAC guy? Yeah. Were you Division II? Yeah. I mean, they want to know. Yeah, you did it, but who did you do it against? I'm trying to see who else would be interesting here. Harry Giles. Uh, I just think it's funny that a guy like Fultz, and again, you know, please, I have not seen this kid play, it, certainly not to the degree that I would need to to make right. an educated point on this, but you played for a losing team in college. So you were not good enough to carry four scrubs in college to win in the Pac-12, which is not the world's most powerful league. And you had, I, I want to say they were like 9-20 and 20 last year. Like, I, I know their record was not very good. Yeah, it wasn't very good. Uh, Frank Mason goes to the Pacers at 47. That's ridiculous. Yep. Like, there, uh, there's another guy. Wow, he is a capable basketball player against top-level talent. He's 24. So again, that's exactly why he's in the second round. He's right. 24. Yeah, he's, he's re- but he's, he's not ready he's to 24. contribute today. He's not 19. He's 24. Yeah, he's five years in. If I'm point. a team that's close, if I'm San Antonio, yes, right, yeah, give me a point guard that's 24 years old that can play right now. Golden State, although Gold, they don't like, have a pick, they don't need him, <laughs> but they would pick him. They would. Ooh. Nice. Trying to look at any other thing. Uh, in this, uh, the Hornets get Caleb Swanigan again. Do the Spurs not have a pick? That's so good if they don't have a pick. Well, because they'll pick the best player. <laughs> they do. They have the 59th pick. They got Kobe Simmons, point guard Arizona. Probably. Probably good. Yeah. Seems legit. Whoever should not should have been drafted in the first 58 <laughs> picks will go 59th to the Spurs. You know that. <laughs> I'm trying to see. I, no, they do. They have a, the 29th. I was going to uh, say, they should have. And they pick round. a Latvian small forward. Wouldn't surprise me a bit. Rodians Kuriks. Never heard of him. If you haven't heard of him and the Spurs draft him, They're, he's probably good. Yeah, you'll hear about him. Yep. Keep Andre's in mind, passage Knicks. They always have like the second or third 
worst pick in the first round. Yep. They did draft Kawhi Leonard in the second round, by the way. Yeah. Yep. So. Yep. Oh, the Knicks in this one take Malik Monk. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, he'd be okay with that. Be more okay if it, Jason Tatum, Tatum fell that far, but he, he won't. To, to me, Jason Tatum's not getting out of the top five. I can't see a scenario, especially when Duke players typically do perform well in the NBA, right. and he's really athletic, and he's really everything you're looking for in an NBA player. I, he, I, I don't know. Hundred percent agree. I yeah. would consider him if my team had the first pick. Literally, consider him with the first pick. Yeah, I mean Josh Jackson, Jason Tatum. I'm, 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 I'm in. I'm or go. Of, let me trade down to four. Right. Pick up like your second rounder and and get him. Right. Forth. But if if I'm uh, so again to go back to the number one pick in the Celtics and Mark Elfolds, if I'm Danny Ainge, and my coach Brad Stevens is telling me this is the guy I need, Mark Elfolds. Yeah, get him. Get him. Just go get him that guy. Whatever, whatever he says he needs, just get him that dude. Um, all right, folks. Hey, listen. That was the NBA draft preview. Uh, it's coming up not next week, but the week after that. Next uh, a week from this coming Thursday, June twenty second. Watch it. It'll be great. Uh, the, the finals will be long gone by then. Uh, so anyway, um, we want to thank you for joining us, Mike and I. Uh, hopefully, Steve will be able to join us next time. So I guess that'll be June twenty fourth at uh, the evening. We're gonna do it on Saturday night for sure this time. Okay. Okay. Um, so that's cool, and uh, we appreciate you for uh, you know listening in, uh, and while we get drunk and talk about sports, I mean it's what we do. We love to do it. Uh, we uh, do it even if you weren't listening. We do do it when you're not listening. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so if uh, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, it is at Sports Beer Show. You can follow Mike at Mistrolio One Two Three, and follow me. I am at Duckman for Real. That's the number four real. And uh, we encourage you to. Uh, also, go and subscribe to the podcast on uh, Google Play, iTunes, and TuneIn, because uh, I can't figure out Stitcher. I don't even know what that is. Uh, it's a thing. God, I'm getting old. It, right? <laughs> it's like, wait, what's that app? <laughs> I never heard of it. God. That's so old. All right, guys, we really appreciate you joining us. Again, remind you, uh, the Black Crows were the uh, Shake Your Money Maker. The, that album was the album that we featured this week. Buy that on all those places I just said, except for maybe TuneIn. I think it's more of a radio app. But uh, go buy uh, Shake Your Money Maker at wherever music, wherever you buy your music. Just do it. Uh, it's really great stuff. If you love Seven Rock, you will not be disappointed. I'm going to leave you with one more song from them. And it's off of, again, Shake Your Money Maker. It is the song Sister Luck, one of my absolute favorite uh, Black Crow songs of all time. Mike, thanks for coming up and spending some time on your Sunday with me. And we'll talk to you soon, man. All right, buddy. Have a great week, everybody. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks, guys.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.